focused. <laughs> yes, click, click, click. Okay, it's seven o'clock, so I'm going to call the January 18th meeting to order at 7 p.m. I'm going to start off with our Pledge of Allegiance led by our council member, uh, or I'm sorry, Deputy Mayor Jim Rebo. So please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Before we call for roll call, we're going to take a moment of silence to remember a few people that have um, passed in our community. Um, James Russell Henley, Monica Vesquez Rodriguez, and Carlos Vincinta Vesquez, and also Lynn Nork. So I'd like to just take a moment to recognize these people. Okay, we'll move on to roll call. Mary, please roll call. The record will show Mayor Kim Lisk, Deputy Mayor Jim Rebel, Councilmember Dustin Green, Councilmember Adair Hawkins, and Councilmember Tim Harris in, in attendance. Thank you. Okay, can we have a motion to accept the agenda as written? I'll move. Have a second? I'll second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask because normally there's always something other under other. So what are we adding under other? <laughs> Does anyone mm -hmm. have anything? Um, Councilmember Hawkins. Yeah, I wanted to just talk about um, inviting WASDOT to council regarding the crosswalk on two or three and Morrison. And then the second thing I wanted to talk about is perhaps different meeting times for told visioning committee other than Saturdays, bringing that up. That's all. Thank you. Okay. And Councilmember Green. Yeah, thank you. I'm wondering if we could talk about the street uh, furnishings on Main Street. Okay. Anything else for anybody? Um, Councilmember Harris. Yeah, I just wanted to pile on to uh, Councilmember Hawkins' uh, request about WashDOT. Um, saw some information um, that they're actually having inter-organizational uh, meetings about State Route 203 um, regarding the Fru Levy, um, the bridge at 203, and the Tolt River. Just kind of want to get, I, I would love if they could come and give us an update on what's going on there as well. Perfect. Okay. Other than that, is that everybody? Okay. Um, so all in favor of the um, agenda with our others, <laughs> say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Okay, we have the consent agenda. This is the approval of the minutes of the special meeting held on December 14th, 2021. The approval of the minutes of the special meeting held on December 14th, 2021. The first one was at 5 o'clock. The second one was at 7 p.m. Approval of minutes of the regular meeting held on January 4th, 2022. Approval of... Oh, Pardon? I think you oh. just had to go. Somebody came up here accidentally. Okay. Approval of claims check vouchers numbered 36697 to 36731 in the amount of $107,897.49. 
Do I have a motion to accept the consent agenda as read? I'll motion. Okay. Second. Okay. Any additions, corrections? Hearing none, all those in favor of the consent agenda say aye. 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 Okay. Motion passes. Okay, on to reports and requests um, from the City Council. Let's start with Council Member Green. Yeah, just real briefly, um, there was a, some concern about Tolt River. There's a log jam at the uh, Snoqualmie River or the Snoqualmie Valley Trail bridge over the Tolt. And so I did reach out to our new uh, King County Council member, Sarah Perry, and uh, she's was very responsive and has forwarded on um, the concern to Michelle Clark, who's the executive director of the King County Flood Control, uh, Flood Control District. So hopefully they'll be getting somebody out there to look at that and see what they can do. Okay, thank you. Um, Council Member Harris. Uh, sure. So let's see, I attended my first uh, King County Water Quality Committee meeting. Um, you know, mainly this was a, an organizational meeting to learn about the role of the Water Quality Committee, you know, all the things that it has going on, what decisions it's going to be asked to make, um, you know, learn who's who in the zoo, so to speak. Um, the got a lot of bit more, a lot more background about uh, the clean water plan and what has been the impetus behind that um, behind that plan, um, specifically uh, a little bit more about the consent decree that's happened between uh, EPA and um, and King County and the city of Seattle. Um, specifically, I learned that uh, Carnation's plant actually isn't covered under the consent decree, but we're on a standalone permit um, that was just reissued for for five years. So um, that was, you know, kind of an interesting piece of information that came out of that. Uh, another thing uh, just learned this week that uh, our King County Councilwoman will be sitting on the committee as well. So uh, she's not the chair. Um, uh, Councilwoman Balducci is uh, is the chair, but uh, she'll be but uh, Councilwoman Perry will be sitting on the uh, on the committee. Um, uh, City Manager and I also uh, met with uh, Councilwoman Perry and uh, the King County Wastewater Treatment Division um, to bring her up to speed on the discussions that we're having about the Carnation, um, you know, treatment plant. Um, basically, just kind of given the whole history of the, you know, the conversations that we've been having with the Wastewater Treatment Division so far. Um, King County, uh, the the uh, Wastewater Treatment Division actually came with a with a an updated presentation. Um, on the um, on how the uh, surcharges that were being assessed are, are calculated, and really uh, went into the details and explained how uh, the surcharges only being calculated on the original 13.8 million dollar cost of the wastewater treatment plant, and not on the final cost of the wastewater treatment plant that's at the 21 or 20, yeah, 24 million dollar uh, cost. Um, but it, but basically, what it means is that King County um, all of us as King County um, sewer customers are paying, you know, that overage, but the city of Carnation individually is not paying that overage. Um, there's uh, still a lot of, you know, questions, uh, you know, about about that overage. Um, they did have one of the original um, um, PMs uh, from the project who actually came back and, and was able to give us some a little bit more insight. 
about some of the last minute changes that caused the, the cost overruns that we're seeing. Um, specifically, he mentioned that the plant was raised three feet from uh, its original, um, you know, uh, level in order to get it up out of the uh, out of the floodway. Uh, and then secondly, he mentioned um, that there was a set of uh, lawsuits that that happened about the way that the plant was going to be discharging water. Um, and then um, the cost of those lawsuits and the cost of remediation, which includes the wetland project that happened at uh, Chinook Bend, is uh, a, a significant part of that cost overrun per the explanation that we got. Um, we all know that uh, King County's sewer rates recently increased. They went up from, I think it was $45. Now they're around 60. Um, and the um, the director uh, mentioned that the increases, the rate increase that was approved does not include any of the nutrient requirements um, that are part of the discussion with state EPA. Um, and basically he said, you know, hey, we're working on some new rates uh, that are going to include those nutrient requirements, but, you know, we don't know what those what those costs are going to be yet. So that's what I got. Thank you. Um, Councilmember Hawkins. Thank you. So the first thing I want to talk about that I was aiming, and you guys will hear more about this later, is the whole dam improvements are going really well. The text alerts are now, they're going to be text alerts, signage. Um, there's also going to be the red alert system. But the most important thing is due to citizen feedback, the Tolt Dam failure system is now going to also be in Spanish. And that's huge. I'm really happy about that. I think it'll keep a lot more people safe. Uh, the second thing that happened is I went, I had a great meeting with Matthew Sutherland from the transportationchoices.org. Um, nonprofit about how to, how they figure out how to get more bus routes, how they talk to Metro and how to expand the bus system. Because we have an enormous amount of traffic on two, 202 and 203 and just talking about non-driving options. This is a big issue just around my friends in particular. I have a lot of friends that don't drive and they want to work and they can't get to work or kids that want to go to Bellevue College or my personal children who would love to do sports, but both their parents work. So how do we help people get to where they need to go to be social, to get to their appointments? And I really think helping kids get to after school programs would help with mental wellness because it works well if you have only in-school programs. But if you go to a private school or the Rearview Learning Center or you're homeschooled or lacrosse or art or music, which aren't school related, uh, there's no way to get there. So I'd like to help our whole community get around and have community. And then the last thing is some really positive things are happening with the police reform bills. The legislature is now recognizing that it's important to include safety for all. And they're actually bringing up domestic violence and how to apprehend people suspected of domestic violence and how to keep people safe but also how to get back stolen property. So good things are happening. And the last thing I just wanted to talk about the log jam. I made a call about that too. So thank you for bringing it up, Councilmember Green. And I'm so curious to see what they said because when I called, the feedback I got 
was sometimes they can touch log jams, sometimes they can't because they're not supposed to touch anything in the river due to salmon sanctuaries. So I'll stay put and see what happens. Thanks for everyone's hard work. Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, just a couple things to report. Um, SVGA is coming up next week. Um, I talked with our city manager, Ana Cortez, and normally we do dinners before uh, or at the events, but since we're not in person, so um, I'm going to set up a local restaurant that you could just go to Incarnation and pick up a meal beforehand, because uh, I know we're all time crunched there. And I didn't get it set up today, I apologize. So as soon as I have the information, I will get it out to you and let everybody know when we can do that. Um, I'll be out of town, so I'll grab dinner somewhere else. So <laughs> unfortunately, um, also, um, you know, during the recent snowfall, I traveled over the mountain passes, and by the nature of my job, I've traveled over the mountain passes literally thousands and thousands of times, and I have never seen them in this worse of a condition uh, in my life. And um, so I wrote to the transportation committees and uh, asked them for some explanations on what was going on, especially after the report that Kittitas County had reached out to the state uh, to offer services. So there's some miscommunication between Kittitas County and the state, but um, Irregardless, the letter that I received from uh, Roger Miller, the Secretary of Transportation, was a lot of deflecting and, um, you know, didn't make a lot of sense to me. They lost 32 people in snow in uh, winter operations, and uh, these passes need to be passable. They need to be um, a major form of goods and services travel over those. It's a public safety issue. And um, when I went over for Christmas, I said, wait till we get a real snowfall. And then we actually did get a real snowfall, and uh, they're all shut down. Um, I did get a letter from the ranking members of the the minority ranking members of the transportation committee that actually had some common sense ways uh, to keep the passes open and to contract with people that can actually keep those open. So I'll forward both of those to you after the um, after the meeting. But um, I think that um, we need to start taking life safety and consideration in these times and having these mountain passes and the conditions that they are um, is a concern for all the citizens of the state and the citizens of Carnation. So um, that's all I had to report. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've got quite a few things to report. <laughs> um, as busy as I am, thank goodness for virtual meetings. Um, I just want to let everyone know that I am going to be meeting with Sarah Perry on a monthly basis. That's something that she set up um, with actually all the mayors in District 3. So I think that's really great. So we're going to always meet the last Friday of the month. <clears throat> um, Talking about District 3 mayor's meetings, we've been meeting weekly up until this month. We're going to be meeting basically monthly. But what the mayors of the District 3 are doing is just keeping our own conversations going on. What's the needs of our cities? And then we're planning on meeting with our King County Council person, um, Sarah Perry, on a quarterly basis. So we can. And one of the things that's nice about this is that even when we're meeting with her individually about our own cities, you know, we all sort of connect. <laughs> so whatever's happening in Issaquah or what's happening in Sammamish or North Bend, you know, it still sort of ends up affecting all of us in the end and vice versa for them with Carnation. So I think that's a, been a really great partnership on that type of thing. We, the SVGA started a transportation committee um, and that's been made up of the mayors. Sawa Raphael, who's on the um, coalition, as well as Amy Biggs, the Snow Valley Transit um, guru. And so the first meeting was just the mayors trying to get our ducks in a row. Last week, we met with everybody. So we're moving forward. We're meeting again to, um, on Thursdays. So we've been meeting at, on Thursdays at 8 o'clock in the morning. Also, the tribe is part of that. So Jolene Williams with the tribe has been representing the tribe on these meetings as well. So it's been really, really good. Um, 
last week I had my first um, SEA pick meeting. I've been to the pick meetings in the past as an alternate, but now I'm a voting member and it was really good. I sent out all the information at Anna forward it to you. It was just really talking about what does the pick do? It's the um, public issues committee where things come in and move on and for um, SV, SCA to move forward on if those are issues that the PIC wants to see going on for this coming up years. So trying to keep that communication and anything even Carnation wants, it's not isolated, you know, we're all part of the region. So if there's issues that we want to be, you want me to be bringing forward to pick, please let me know and I will be more than happy to um, get on the agenda or get, get that stuff on the agenda with um, Deanna. Um, this morning I met or was online with the King County Health Update. They're now doing it twice a month instead of monthly. What is nice to hear is numbers are starting to come down. They're still high, but they are starting to come down. Um, hospitals are still short-staffed um, with staffing. So even um, people that are getting better, they have no place to take them. They can't. There's no rehabilitation, so they're way behind schedule on that. One of the things that did come out that I do want to emphasize, I know everybody's been having a really difficult time trying to get tested. So what they're finding is people are going to the emergency rooms to get tested. They're asking, please don't do that. It's not healthy for you to be coming in to the um, emergency rooms just to get test tested. Um, they realize there's a shortage. I believe there was a, um, you can now get free um, let's see, let me pull this up here with me for a second. Um, do, do, do. We got, or I got an email. It's um, www.covidtestithink.com. You can order free um, and per household gets one and there's four tests in each one. Um, so I really um, encourage people if you're looking for tests, they are giving them out for free. I'm sorry, I can't find. I'll, I'll find it. I, we'll put it in the. I'll, I'll did you get it? There. Yeah, I've got it. Thank you, Tim. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. Um, I did go to the SPR. I virtually went to the SPU <coughs> update. I know we're going to be getting that tonight, the 30% design. <clears throat> You'll be hearing about that this evening. And then um, since mental health or mental health has been one of our top priorities for legislative um, our legislative agenda, I've been working with the Riverview Resilience um, team, Melissa Moon, along with Vanessa, um, about we're talking about setting up some series of, for mental health in the um, community in the Riverview School District. So the, the, we've been working on this for the last couple of months and we're hoping to do a kickoff in late um, March, if not April. And then last night I was interviewed with Radio 104.9 by Heather Stark. So she asked some really great questions, put me on the spot a few different times. She wasn't easy on me at all, which was great. So listen in to 104.9 if you want to hear um, my interview with them. <clears throat> Besides Carnation Currents, which does also appear on Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays, that you get to hear the update from Ana Cortez and myself. But lately, it's been our deputy mayor since I'm out of town. So they've been doing the radio correspondence. So that's what I have to add or have for tonight. And I'm going to turn it over to our city manager. And I know she's got a couple people she's going to be turning it over to. So, Anna, you can take it away. Thank you so much. Uh, good evening, Madam Mayor, Madam mayor, 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 council. council. 
I'm getting I'm a getting neck. Are you guys hearing me okay? Now we are. Okay. Um, in that case, um, so let me start by uh, welcoming um, Maria Peña, who is with us today. She is the former administrator for the city of Canel and its longtime city treasurer. Maria, please introduce yourself. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me today. And I really appreciate this opportunity to work for the city of Carnation, with the city of Carnation and with everyone there. And to Kelly, especially for allowing me to come in this week and disturb her routine as she trains me and helps me try to fill in when she's gone. Um, yes, almost 19 years is a lot of information that um, I know I'm going to miss stuff here and there, but thank you, Kelly. I appreciate all the work. I mean, just in one day that we did today. Um, so it's going to be a long week for Kelly, but thank you. And I do have an email. If you all want to reach out to me or have any questions, you can reach me at finance at carnationwa.gov. And thank you, Anna. Um, she took me out today and introduced me to your amazing city. And I absolutely fell in love and can't wait to spend more time here, especially on the weekends where maybe I can go for some hikes and just really enjoy your town. So thank you, everyone. I look forward just to getting to know all of you and working with you. So as Maria indicated, she will be helping us bridge the transition as we say goodbye to Miss Kelly Russell. Kelly asked me specifically not to honor her legacy in the city through public acknowledgement. Uh, she told me specifically not to mention how much she will be missed. So I guess I will not mention those things. I will very reluctantly comply with her request that I do not say how much she will be missed and how difficult it will be to fill that void. I will not say those things. So I encourage the public to privately connect with Kelly um, and please know that her last day will be January 31st to be physically in the city. Um, it is not her last day with us, even if she thinks it is. But <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, now on to my second uh, update regarding organizational development. As you know, um, the city staff is engaged in a or in an organizational journey. And I want to make sure that I give you some some bits and pieces as we go along of some of the progress that we're making. So in an effort to share with the council and the public, of course, about our progress in this area, I wanted to share with you some product. So I wanted to share traditions. Let me share uh, my screen. Boom. So I wanted to show you. Um, this is a document that reflects the traditions that uh, we have developed that we developed in our December 14th uh, meeting. They are going to be revisited, but just to give you a sense of where we are, we as staff talked about the importance of asking for clarity, of building our own capacity and owning that journey, respecting the hierarchy that is represented in the org chart. Um, we talked about controlling the controllables. Um, there are three things that we are that we have the ability to control: that's energy, effort, and attitude. We talked about giving feedback in a way that in a manner that is done in a gentle way and to take that feedback seriously and be thankful for that. 
Um, so, I, in fact, let me take the opportunity to do just that. Today, I had a very interesting conversation with uh, with our planner. And so Jean indicated that as I had shared this piece of information, I had not explained the why of that information, which I think she's totally right on. So let me be thankful for that feedback. Um, and so as we move um, to other topics in the future, I will keep in mind to be more um, more sensitive to including the why we're doing things, not just the what. We talked about respecting kitchens and, and the cooks and their rules. Whoever cooks in that kitchen makes up their own rules. We talked about assuming ignorance um, and not reading more into someone's actions and intents. Uh, we talked about making tasks that are predictable and consistent. We discussed the importance of going directly to the person that um, that is responsible or has the ability to do something about a situation. And by doing that, avoid triangulation. And of course, we talked about honoring public service. And so, again, just to give the council um, some idea on how we are making some progress in in this in this field of of many organizational minds and, you know, just being very, very careful as we move forward. Um, we will discuss in our February 4th um, retreat or advance as maybe uh, a better name for a retreat now. So on February 4th, our advance will focus on an inventory of skills on communications and sustaining change and in work styles. I wanted to also make sure that I give the council a quick reminder. Your advance is being scheduled for February 26. So that's Saturday, February 26. We discussed about having a virtual advance. And I know that Michael is trying to connect with each of you. He wants to interview staff, um, the council members to come up with an agenda for that day. Now, moving on to TALT comments. So in January, we had on January 8th, we had our first meeting. I sent an update. I also want to share the screen on this one. So I wanted to more for members of the public. I wanted to share the fact that the information that was discussed. So this is our beautiful website. The information that was discussed on that Saturday can be found under City Manager Projects Toll Visioning Committee. If you click there, it puts you in the place where you can see everything that was discussed, including um, the materials that we use, the PowerPoint presentation, and also the documents, the documents that serve frame, the frame, the conversations. So again, this is part of our, just our website. If you go towards the middle, city manager, and under that, you have told visioning uh, committee. Again, we, we're here in the public. The public wants to have more information, wants to have access to information 24-7. That's why it's in the website. So now we've created the information and it's up to folks to then um, find it, read it, become familiar with it. And if there are questions, by all means, ask. On Saturday, January 22nd, so um, this coming Saturday, we reconvene. The committee gets together. This meeting will finish up some of the housekeeping items that we started on the 8th and will be the first opportunity for feedback on the Triangle site. 
Per resolution 450, um, I will be seeking feedback on the recommendation for the development of the city space in City Hall. And I will talk a little bit more about this topic a little later, as it is in the agenda. A couple things on public safety. I met with uh, Chief Clark, who is exploring coordination of resources and expertise in the area of emergency management. The district may create a centralized management center where CEMPs and hazard mitigation plans are created and updated. In conversations with the chief, I learned the severe impacts that COVID-19 is having on the department. The day we talked, for example, a significant number of personnel was out due to um, whether it's COVID-19 or the care of folks, of family members that were uh, um, dealing with COVID-19 related situations. Um, again, that conversation was a reminder of the delicate realities that first responders are dealing with. As public servants ourselves, we seek any and all opportunities to be of assistance to first responders. One easy way to do this, of course, is limiting travel, and we're trying to do that. Sheriff Patty Cole Tyndall also connected with the city of Carnation, um, and we had a really charming, charming uh, conversation. She shared uh, also the impact that COVID-19 is having on her department and the new approaches to deal with some of the staff shortages that they're experiencing. I indicated that the information was likely to be in, of interest to the council. And so I indicated that we would be putting her in the agenda at a future uh, meeting so that she can give the report herself instead of me trying to uh, convey this information. Um, it was a very, very good meeting all in all. And um, it seems that the department is really at, um, at crossroads as far as some organizational decisions. Last but not least, um, I wanted to convey to members of the public that the State Emergency Department Division's uh, Human Services Programs has started the Individual Assistant Initial Damage Assessment Process to determine the extent of damages to homes and businesses. And this is, of course, due to weather and flooding. So in King County, the King County Office of Emergency Management will be compiling damages from unincorporated King County and also from local jurisdictions so that they can submit to the state all at once all the different requests for disaster declaration. If members of the public out there have had a home or a business that has been damaged due to weather, please connect with me as soon as possible. And the email address is ana.cortez, so it's ana. C-O-R-T-Z, acarnationwide.gov. And that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you. Ana, were you going to, did you want to um, have the presentation from the city of Renton, or are we going to wait till after everybody's report? Uh, we can do the presentation right now as part of my report, if that's okay. Yes. All right. So I want it. Um, yes, before you start, um, I see a um, council member Hawkins has her hand up. And then Councilmember Harris. Quick question, Anna. I know we have limited time, but would alleyways be covered under weather disasters or is it just businesses and houses? So, I mean, I've just noticed under this horrible weather and flooding, our alleyways are a mess. Can we? I like how you think. <laughs> you know, Councilwoman, the worst that can happen is I hear no. So it's worth asking. And Councilmember Harris. Yeah, just a quick question on, on the same issue. Um, uh, do you have a public announcement that we can amplify? 
Uh, we can certainly put something in uh, in social media. Yes. Great. I uh, will I'll add it to my social media releases. I was going to say, yeah. Not that you have a, don't have enough to do. <laughs> it's OK. This is important. Um, excellent. Yeah, so it'll be released later today after this meeting. Um, so with that said, um, I, the city council at the last meeting requested uh, that I extend an invitation to some of the cities out there that are doing a really good job, innovative job as far as diversity and inclusion. And so, of course, the city of Renton is one of those. So I'm pleased to introduce Preeti Sridhar, um, who is here to share with us Renton's approach. Preeti, take it from here. Um, thank you very much, Anna. Uh, good evening, council members. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm uh, Preeti Sridhar. I'm with the city of Renton. Um, I uh, head the newly formed Equity, Housing and Human Services Department. Um, I do have a PowerPoint uh, that uh, I put together for you. Anna says, uh, told me that uh, word that images speak so much louder than words. So I'm happy to share that with you if you prefer and would love to share Renton's experience with you. Um, I'm not great in technology, but I think I can make this work if I can share my screen. I'm better at uh, um, Zoom, but let me see how I can do this. Um, is there a share screen? Let me There's see. How a, at the top, you should see a little square with an up arrow. Yes. Okay. And we see your computer screen. You just, is that blank right now? Yes, I think if you have multiple monitors, we're looking at the other monitor. The monitor. Okay. And my mom. All right. All right. Sorry about that. Can can you hear me still? Yes, you're getting a little feedback, but yes, we can hear you. And this other screen seems to not be working. Um, if I can ask the city clerk, if you would yeah. be so kind, can you upload? We'll do it from our end, Preeti. No worries. Yeah, okay. just say when. Um, well, let me find it online, but then you just say when to advance screen. Okay. Okay. Oops, can't display. There was a problem. Hold on. Are you able to display it? I'm trying. <laughs> I got an error. There we go. Looks like that's more successful. Oh, that's wonderful. Great. It's loading. There it goes. Okay, that's, that's the first slide. If we move to the next one, um, so uh, Renton is one of the most diverse uh, mid-sized uh, cities in the nation. And uh, if you look at the changes in the census uh, numbers from 2010 to 2020, 
we saw a change in our population, especially the minority population of 139%. And if you go back to 2000 to 2010, that change was even more drastic. And uh, as you know, and you may probably see this even in Carnation, when you have such a tremendous growth in some of the you know, newcomer minority populations, they are less likely to be part of the mainstream. They are less likely to access information. They are more likely to be uh, you know, hesitant and even afraid of government. Um, and we saw this in a very um, dramatic way uh, in the early 2000s. So if we move to the next slide, um, this was, uh, you know, one of the things we noticed in 2006. And this was actually the year that I moved from the city of Seattle to the city of Renton. If any of you were around in this region, we had something known as the Hanukkah Day storm in 2006. And it was a huge deal for our region because we had this tre tremendous storm. And then uh, not unlike what we just experienced uh, in December, the weather conditions with the temperature fell for um, several days in a row. And uh, the power was out in our region with the Puget Sound Energy not having power for um, you know five, six days in a row. And uh, these were not days of cell phones and uh, internet. And uh, one of the things that happened in Renton yeah, and across the region, sorry? Via my phone. As someone got on mute, sorry about that. Okay, so one of the things that happened was m some of our uh, non-English speaking uh, populations brought their grills, their barbecue grills inside their homes for warmth. And unfortunately, we had fatalities. And if you move to the next slide, you will see that even Seattle Times lost power and they actually had the Tacoma News Tribune print for them in different languages, literally begging the community saying, do not bring your grill inside because of carbon monoxide poisoning. And I tell this story with, you know, even today when I tell this, uh, you know, I tie up in a knot because the I was a communications director in Renton at that time. The fire department PIO called me. I had the one rotary phone at home and tears were falling, coming down my eyes when he said, we have two deaths in Renton. And that is when I realized, because I had come to this city where we didn't even have brochures then which said, you know, call for language translation, that we had no way of reaching our community. And in my previous slide, I had shared with you that our community had changed. I was the only person except one accountant in city government who was non-white. 
and outside City Hall was a different story. And I want to share with you here that, you know, diversity is not just about, you know, non-English speaking. Uh, next slide, please. Um, and it's not just about translating brochures and keeping it at City Hall and then recycling. And that's when I decided this was not part of my job description, but I decided we needed to do something. And I'm really fast forwarding here because, you know, we need to get through this in a little time. But what you see here is really the beginning of the conversation that I felt we needed to have with our community, because essentially it was asking the question, who are we at City Hall? What is our purpose and what are we really doing? At the end of the day, our role is to serve our community, to figure out who our community is, and basically to listen to what our community is about. So what I did then, like I said, the, the good thing is that the mayor and council, you know, this was a wake up call for us and we needed to do whatever we needed to to figure out how to do a better job. And this group here, you see some of them have changed, but some of them have been with us since day one, since, you know, that day in 2006 with the help of an AmeriCorps intern we went out and found folks who represented the diversity of our community from people from the Ukrainian community, the Latino community, youth, seniors, LGBTQIA, religious groups, went to their organizations, whether it was a temple or um, a senior group, and brought them to City Hall and said, you know, join us um, and not at a five o'clock meeting at City Hall. We went to them and then asked them when was it convenient to get together. So like I said, fast forward, it started as an open door community liaison group and now they are the mayor's inclusion task force. Next slide, please. Um, this is a this is a timeline of the various things that we did. I won't spend too much time, but you know you have this presentation. Uh, do spend time looking at it. But this is really a capture of all the things we've done, from you know starting with, like I said, the the storm, the launch of the initiative, getting the AmeriCorps uh, help to create the, the um, task force and the liaison group and the student. We worked with the Renton Technical College to have our first festival. Um, we incorporated, this was a really big deal in 2012 when we made our commitment to inclusion and equity as part of our business plan. Um, we then in 2014, another big deal, we uh, got as part of our um, staffing um, uh, um, consultant. Now she is a, she continues to be part of our uh, efforts. We then took a comprehensive look at our internal systems. 
from, you know, did an assessment, HR, training, created an equity lens, and then expanded our groups uh, from just the task force to specifically work with the African-American community, policing systems. Um, when this whole thing came up with the, the uh, former, um, you know, Trump administration, um, sanctuary city concerns about immigration, we uh, developed a partnership with the Latino community. Um, we um, had a proclamation for an inclusive city, which we translated into Spanish and distributed through our Latino community. Um, if uh, we also were one of the first cities on the east side to celebrate Pride Month and uh, then uh, launched our multicultural festival. And I'm basically reading this timeline and, you know, highlighting some of the, the big elements of that. If we move to the next slide. Um, here is when we changed our business plan. Our rent and business plan is like our strategic plan. I mentioned this and you will notice that, um, you know, we added to our mission plan, building an inclusive city with opportunities for all. Since then, we've changed some of that language to make it more whole. But this was the first time in 2012 that we added that language and it was a big deal to, to make that as kind of a part of our city you know, reflective of our DNA. Next slide, please. This, as I mentioned to you, this came kind of in the at the, the heels of the the Ferguson incident in our country. Um, and uh, like I said, these were again two big milestones triggered by national incidents to, um, you know, make that uh, intentional effort with the police department and the African-American community and uh, with the Latino community. Um, next slide, please. And here I've shown a photograph of uh, both of police to say that those were intentional efforts. Um, this is just to share with you a very interesting thing that happened. Um, because of our effort with the African-American community, we used to meet with the group every Monday. And uh, one of those Mondays, you might have heard, again, those of you who were around, of a very unfortunate incident that happened in Seattle. There was a, a Native American woodcarver called John T. Williams, who was, uh, there was a shooting incident. And as that incident happened and there was so much uh, you know tension in the media the seattle media we were actually having this meeting and you can see a photo um, with our african-american pastors and deborah horn from cairo tv um, she had heard about our efforts and she came to talk to not so much city hall but to the pastors group to find out how did that all come together. So we were, of course, you know, we were happy for the publicity, but much happier that, you know, we had kind of set this up and we were working together 
at relationships that, you know, even if something like this had happened, and we do, I do have examples that we have a way to reach out to our communities. Next slide, please. So this is just to, again, bring up some of the different things we've done and we did, you know, the external focus and the internal focus. One thing I've added here, again, a very easy implementation for you is something called the language line. This used to be, um, you know, many years ago uh, through AT&T, but it is still um, offered. Um, and they also have sign language. We've we've uh, got a contract with the language line. It's inexpensive. We've provided language line training to all employees. And in fact, it's like a little credit card and they carry it with them along with their uh, employee card. So anyone can call and instantly through the phone, they can get language translations. And like I said, it's inexpensive because it somewhat depends on the language and how many minutes they're on the call. And it's a three-way dial. So just something for you to, you know, offer. So anyone calls and says they have limited English, any employee can pick up, you know, on their phone, they can get a three-way call. So it's just an easy offer. Um, next slide, please. Just an image of our multicultural festival. There are festivals all over the city and all over town, you know, from Northwest folk life to whatever else. But we did something a little different in our festival. We made it a, you know, kind of educational. And I don't have that photo here, but for instance, we got uh, the Sikh community to participate and they showed everyone how to tie turbans. So you may actually, if you look closely in this picture, you may see this. But we had everyone leaving the festival with turbans. And every performer would show someone how to do part of their dance. And so it became very interactive. So people came in learning about cultures and walking away with a little, you know, piece of knowledge when they left. Uh, next slide, please. <clears throat> This is probably my most favorite accomplishment ever. Uh, one of the things we noticed was that our employment, our employee base did not in any way reflect the demographics that, you know, I was sharing with you. And this is not a quick fix. It's not a, you know, turn on the light bulb. We believe in uh, inclusion, equity, and hey, it's done multi-year process very you know took a long time and needed the department to be part of the solution and we tried and worked on everything from outreach to um you know looking at what the bias was changing the application form taking away uh, making it anonymous uh, looking at it every year and we are slowly making progress, uh, changing who was on the panel. And uh, finally, we are we're seeing that difference. But like I said, it's taken years and looking at every step of the way. And it's not just about numbers. It's about the quality of who our candidates are. 
Um, and then going further to the next slide, um, you know, we made, like I said, further changes to the business plan. Um, last year was a really interesting year. With all these things, you would think, oh, Renton is there. No way. We saw so much um, stress. You know, COVID caused uh, so many, uh, so much tension. We had issues with many of our Asian communities because of the virus. Um, so there's still a lot of work to do. We had so many people come up during council meetings expressing their frustration. Um, so we made further changes to our business plan. We had a um, stand up against hate resolution. Uh, we did do a hate has no home here campaign, which was part of a national campaign. And one of the things we noticed is uh, just as in our HR, our, when we look at our vendors and contracting and purchasing, we have a lot of work to do there. So we started, you know, addressing that. Um, next slide, please. This is just a slide of our, our campaign. I don't want to take up too much time here, but it's a great campaign we launched. We got the community, business leaders, all of them to participate on this in this campaign. All these signs and posters were all over the city and it, you know, lightened the air a little. It got people involved. Uh, King Five evening, the evening magazine show, they covered it. So uh, it got some recognition there. Next slide, please. There is a link to a video if you have time. And now one of the things we're working on, in fact, we're conducting interviews as we speak, is uh, we're creating a new equity commission. And the amazing thing is usually with, you know, we have to work really hard to recruit members for boards and commissions. And if we have one or two vacancies, we really have to put the word out. We had 32 applications for the equity commission for nine seats. So it's been just amazing to, you know, interview these applications and we should finish the interviews by the end of this week and take the recommendations to the mayor and council. So there really is a lot of interest out there. So, and then, as I mentioned, we just recently in September uh, created the new department to bring uh, equity, housing, and human services, all you know, the key priorities, not just in Renton, but as you know, across the region, um, so that there's a lot of dedication, a lot of the ARPA funds are going into these areas. So this is kind of one of my big focus areas now. Uh, next slide, please. So I just pulled this together since Anna invited me here. Um, I think it's just fantastic that this is an area that you're looking at. Um, I took a look at your population, and I know that Carnation's a little different than Renton, but I think, you know, first of all, uh, you know, diversity means many different things. There's a lot of growth that you have in your city. And I just threw some of these questions here together for 
you know, for you to think about, you know, what does it mean? Uh, because in some ways, we didn't have the luxury to think of some of this. You know, overnight, we went from uh, a very uh, homogenous city to being, uh, you know, a lot of diversity. Um, and in addition to just the population demographics, we have age diversity, we have different uh, religions, we have, you know, working diversity from being initially a blue collar community to various different types of uh, professions. So I think it's really wonderful that you're thinking about this. Um, so I just threw in some questions. And also, you know, there's a lot of things that we learned the hard way, but now there are systems that you can adopt. So, you know, I'm happy to share, um, but I just, you know, wanted to leave this for you and open to any other questions you might have. I think the last slide might be questions. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was awesome. And you did. I love the fact that you took the time to put those questions together for us, because um, I know Renton has been a leader in the diversity and inclusiveness. I've got, been to a couple of workshops that have been hosted down in Renton. So I really appreciate you coming and taking the time and putting all these slides together, because we are seeing a difference in our community and we're trying to stay ahead of the game, as you may say. <laughs> and it's nice when you can follow. We don't need to reinvent the wheels. So thank you so much. This gives it's, the council. It's my pleasure. I've 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 worked with Pick and Deanna because she's also been, you know, very much ahead with this. So it's my pleasure. And you know, invite me anytime you need anything, or even if you do a community forum. Um, this this kind of is in my blood, so I'm always happy to help and also great to reconnect with Anna. <laughs> Does any of our council members have any questions? Um, council Member Hawkins. Preeti, thank you so much for doing this. This is exciting. And I was taking copious notes on what you were saying. And what I first thought was, Carnation needs a AmeriCorps volunteer. I don't know how we get one, but we need to figure out how we get a volunteer. Because our leadership, me included, does not represent our city. I mean, I think about my neighbors. I was thinking, okay, my neighbor across the street from, is from China, and the other one's from Indonesia. My other neighbor's from Finland. The one next door is from Canada. And then my other next-door neighbor is from the Philippines. I thought, what have I done to reach out other than just be chatty? Thank you so much for giving us the idea to go out into the community and give opportunities for all. I really like that also you um, really put some weight behind this and made sure that businesses were equitable because the more we can help our community, the better. Um, thank you. You really did an outstanding job and you gave me a lot to think about. Thank you. Getting the chamber involved is another idea because we we launched a series of workshops with the chamber and that was another really exciting option because the business community also loves to participate. And, you know, for instance, you have restaurants. They are a great place to, you know, they see the value right away. 
So. Oh, thank you. Any other questions? Eric, Councilmember Harris. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming. I I really enjoyed the presentation. I think uh, one of the things that um, uh, struck me during during the conversation as well is, um, you know, diversity and inclusion, as you mentioned, is not just about, um, you know, numbers and representation, but the way that you incorporated the different um, uh, the different faiths and the different um, you know, walks of life and nationalities into the festivals that you created, um, you know, acts not only as an educational opportunity, but also as an economic development engine for the city. So, um, you know, that's a, a win-win. Um, yeah. Well done, thank you for sharing. Thank you. And and I'll send everything to Anna and if she has any questions and anything to follow up, I'd be more than delighted to do so. Well, thank you. And thank you for taking the evening to spend with us. So thanks an awful lot. Take thank care. Preeti, can you so just type your email into the chat real quick? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, absolutely. So council members, we also, of course, reached out to the city of Kirkland. Uh, the city of Kirkland will be coming to the February 1st. I think that's the date of our next meeting. Um, and so you can hear a you know, almost like a different take on a lot of the concepts that we heard today. So having said that, now it does conclude the, my my report, Madam Mayor. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. We will now move on to our city planner, Jean. Hi, Jean. Hi. And thank you, Pretty. You've actually given me a lot of ideas about how we should be approaching our comprehensive plan update process. Equity is going to be a critical component of that. And I've been racking my brains on how to reach out to the community, how to reach out to all sectors of our community and make sure that their voices get heard. So thank you so much. I've learned so much. My pleasure. I'm just looking for the chat function. <laughs> it's a little well. It's a little bubble with the two lines. Yeah, it's up on top. I'm sure we can get it if we if you don't find the chat. Is next there's little people and then next to it is a bubble with two little lines. Um, well, she's looking for that. Let me uh, provide my update. Um, so our first planning board meeting of the year will be next Tuesday, January 25th. Um, and since we do have two new board members, um, and as a refresher for our other board members, the agenda will be including some presentations on the comprehensive plan update and policy framework, uh, our growth capacity, and some of the factors that shape our urban growth area. So as usual, I invite members of the public to join us at this meeting and to learn more about the comprehensive plan. Um, we are also transitioning towards having quarterly meetings with our Parks Advisory Board. And so that means our first Parks Advisory Board meeting of the year will be on Monday, February 7th. We will be presenting the final parks recreation and open space plan to the board for for a recommendation at this meeting. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, Kelly Russell, our city treasurer, her last week. <laughs> so, Kelly, I'm sure it's really not your last week, right? 
<laughs> sort of, kind of. We'll see. Um, officially, yes. Uh, right now, I'm just working on getting things wrapped up. Um, I'm going to close out the audit before I leave. Um, I'm trying to get everything done before I leave. Um, and I'm working on uh, training up uh, Maria and just sharing as much with her as I can. Um, it's kind of sad that we're in the middle of COVID because I won't be able to see any of my staff that I've worked with for so long because uh, everybody's virtual. And I think that's the hardest part is being in the office by myself and not seeing any of the people I've worked with for so long. Um, I'm grateful Public Works is still there. Um, but and I've been happy to see some of you stick your faces in over the last um, couple weeks. Um, but I think this has been the hardest part is is coming out, leaving um, with with this being in the middle of COVID. So um, other than that, that's pretty much all I've got on my plate right now. Kelly, I have a question regarding the audit because I know in the I know I, I take it we normally do this what in September October when they mm -hmm. come out. So are they planning on doing that again, or are we just not getting together this year so last year was a was a hybrid year uh, they actually came out and picked up all of my working documents this year they did not do that everything has been virtual um so it, it it that i think is part of what has taken so long you know between the snowstorm and covid and people being sick and then people being on vacation and then when those people come back other people have been sick so i mean i think it's really played a part in it taking this long to get our audit done. Um, and there's been no real issues. I mean, we've been in communication. It's just a matter of hit and miss of dealing with staff and and, and trying to um, get things taken care of in, in a more timely manner. I mean, we're not any burning issue for them. We've had, you know, 15 years of clean audits. So, they're just kind of rolling along and checking it off as as we get a, go along. Um, they do very much want to make sure that we get this wrapped up before I leave, since all of the institutional knowledge. It would be much better for me to be able to do this before I leave um, than, you know, punt it off to Maria to kind of go, hey, give me the answer to this question. Um, that's not fair. So we're going to we're going to make sure we get it wrapped up before I leave. OK, so they'll do the typical like we did last year, that virtual final Exit conference. Exit. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. And I'm sorry I'm not in town to say pop my head in to say goodbye. I'm still down here in Denver. So hopefully I will see you um, when I get back. <laughs> if it's not in the office somewhere in the community. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Public Works, Bill Ferry. Yeah, I just have a few things tonight to brief you on. First of all, the Public Works crew did an awesome job with the snow removal efforts. Um, we had minimum of two guys out there all the time. They also had a breakdown halfway through the snowfall, so we had to get that repaired as far as the plow went. Um, late last week, the guys were out filling potholes. As you can imagine, they're popping up faster than we can really fill them, but we're on that. Christmas decorations are down. Um, when it dries out a little bit more, we'll start grading some of those alleys. I know they're in bad shape. Uh, right now, there's not much I can do with them. There is a pothole out on north, Northeast 45th out by the shop. Um, that is what is happening out there is our sewer valves are sinking. Excuse me. So what we're going to have to do is cut those valves out, raise them up, 
put new sub base in, repave it, and go from there. But that's going to take a whole crew of traffic control, so on and so forth. Uh, right now, we have it temporarily fixed. It is right in the drive lane, passenger wheel. Of course, hit it all the time. <clears throat> um, the water, we really don't have any issues in water as of yet. Last year, we sent a little over 81 million gallons of water to town. That's up from 75 million from the year prior. But if you remember correctly, last summer was really hot. Uh, so we used the well quite a bit. Um, on a sewer issue, or several issues, um, on Saturday, January 8th, I got a call from my on-call guy. Um, he stated to me that we had lost vacuum pump number four. What, what that means is <clears throat> those vacuum pumps, if you remember, there's two motors on them. There's a rubber coupling that goes in between each motor. Um, so on pump four Saturday, that rubber piece disintegrated on us. So we had to take that pump offline, which is not a, a huge deal because we have four other pumps. Um, Sunday morning, about 6 a.m., I got another phone call low vacuum alarm, which means something out in the the field has gone wrong in one of the valve pits. Well, oftentimes these things sometimes, well, they sometimes fix themselves. This one did, um, which was good. But three hours later, we get another call out. Um, so my guy responds at noon on Sunday, he calls me and tells me that we lost vacuum pump number three due to the same issue, a coupler had fallen apart. We can operate on three pumps. It's very hard on my pumps. Um, a half hour later, he calls me back and says, we lost all vacuum. The sewer system at that point was down. So I called in the rest of my guys that I could get a hold of, and I headed in as well. Um, we got the system back up and running with minimal uh, aggravation, I'll say, because when that system goes down, your main sewer lines fill up with sewer. And what that does for us is it causes a waterlogged system, which means once we turn our system back on, we're still not getting vacuum out to we'll say the estates or river's edge at the end of our systems. So then that takes four guys to correct. One at the vac station and three out in the field. And we have to go through these pits and fire them individually to get everything moving again. Um, to my guys, we had a very long weekend that weekend. I think one of my guys put in 20 plus hours of overtime. Um, we did. The other problem with what happened was when we lost vacuum, we lost the ability to find this valve pit that was malfunctioning because there was no vacuum. We couldn't hear, we couldn't, there's nothing we could do. So once we get our vacuum system back online, we had to go out and fix this problem. This problem was one that I've been telling you about. It was a valve, a diaphragm in the valve. It's a rubber piece that seals this valve off and on when it's opening and closing. 
Um, <clears throat> I notified AirVac, asked them some questions. They told me that these rubber pieces that are really thin should only last five to eight years. Well, we're still on the original rubber pieces at, the, at this point. So what I'm suggesting is, and these rebuild kits cost about $100 a piece. I'm suggesting we start on A-line and we start replacing these things. It's going to take, I'm estimating, two guys, three weeks to replace all these valves and rebuild them. Um, it's not a matter anymore of a few that are happening. It's happening more and more often to us. So we need to get that taken care of and move on from A-line to B-line to C-line to D-line. Um, but it's all going to take manpower. Um, we did get all the pumps back up and running. Um, it took me about four days due to the lack of manpower because at one point there was only, I was the only one in town. Um, it takes a minimum of two guys, preferably three, to do this job. Um, so we avoided a catastrophe in the, the sewer system that day. Um, I'm glad that we got five pumps when we got them. Um, and we did put in a better rubber coupling, but it is a rubber piece. They would, they do go bad. So that's where we're at. Any questions? Um, I just want to thank you and the public works for everything that you've done, Bill. So thank you and make sure they thank them. And I think if that's what we need to do to get the seals and all the things that you just said that we need to start investing in, um, then we should get this because if it's going to keep happening, I'm just lucky. We're lucky that you were able to take care of all of this stuff and, you know, being shorthanded and everything. So, um, yes, <laughs> my, my yeah. vote is yes. Whatever you need, please um, talk there to was, obviously Anna. There is one that happened over the snowfall as the guys were trying to plow snow. Um, we had a valve pit stick open. Um, could not find it due to the snow covers these valve pits, covers the sound, covers the valves, takes us time to find all these things. Um, there was one morning I was out there at three, three o'clock, three thirty in the morning, walking the Swiftwater neighborhood. Hopefully nobody was calling cops on me, <laughs> shining a flashlight, trying to figure out where this valve pit was at. But we finally did find it, and it was the diaphragm that was bad. Okay. Council members have some questions. I'm not sure whose hands went up in what order, but I'm going to start with um, Councilmember Hawkins. Bill, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so oh much. Um, I motion that we take two guys and three weeks and rebuild the broken wastewater valves, no matter how much money it takes. Like, Bill, that you were out there <laughs> In the snow at 3.30 in the morning? Yep. <laughs> I don't even, I, I can't bake you enough cookies, which I know you don't eat because you're healthy. I can't make you enough salad to thank you. Um, you are a silent hero. Thank you so much that you did this. Like, I had no idea this was happening. And you're not, I'm sorry I didn't thank you earlier. You didn't get the credit you deserve because I didn't know it was happening. And I'm just grateful. I didn't know because you fixed it. Thank you. So, yeah, um, thank you. Wow. <laughs> um, Councilmember Harris. 
Yeah, Bill, thank you again for um, all the work. Um, one question that I had, you mentioned that the two um, pumps that went offline, those were both offline due to a gasket failure. So the pumps themselves are working, is that correct? The pumps themselves are fine. It's a rubber coupling that goes between the two motors to make them work in unison together. Okay. And without this coupling, all you have is two giant paperweights. Right. Okay. And there's so so this doesn't mean necessarily that we would need to accelerate our rebuild schedule for No, 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 no. Okay. Um and then the um the diaphragm uh diaphragm kits that you're talking about for um the valve can you remind me again of how many valve pits are, there are there's like 800 of them isn't there no there's not quite that many we're we're approaching 400 valve pits total mm -hmm. throughout town okay got it so it's not one per connection it's one no per no normally pits. you get about three houses per valve pit okay okay great um wow yeah thank you Okay, Councilmember Green and then Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, just echoing the, the uh, thank you. Um, definitely appreciate you, Bill, taking care of the town. And um, obviously we need to, to uh, accelerate this maintenance schedule. Um, so I definitely look forward to seeing what that entails. And it sounds like we need to invest in every valve pit in the city and then get a, a more regular maintenance schedule put together. Correct, we do. Um, and once we get these down, we get quite a bit of extra life out of our valve pits, according to what AirVac tells me, and when we call them asking questions. Um, I don't know whether it's what it is, but we seem to get more life out of our stuff. But these are coming to the end of their life. They're, I think it went online in 2008, so. Yeah, and then Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, so Bill, how many lines do we have? We're talking A line. How many how many lines do we have for five right? lines? Five lines. A lines so, are longest line. Okay, so we're talking three weeks and two guys. Like for just A line. For okay. I mean, so it's it's more of an issue than just I think telling these guys to go out and we need to get it done and put a priority on it. We're losing half of our work crew uh, to address any anything else in the city that might happen in public works. Um, so I don't know if we want to talk talk about this under other possibly uh, with some things, but to this to me sounds like almost like a summer long project um, or midsummer to get these replaced if we need to replace them all. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty big issue. I mean, I know Bill's reported on this a couple times before these diaphragms starting to deteriorate um, and it's been brought to our attention. So I, I think it's um, something we need to do, but we also need to address going into the busy season now with uh, grass starting to grow again uh, pretty soon and everything like that, uh, how we can be best address this. So I don't know if I want to just push this to other uh, for continual conversation. Uh, I, I'd support that. Yeah, I think that's the best place to put it. Can we put it at the top of other so if yes. Bill can hold on, we can get him off so he can get some sleep tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where we're at, Bill, okay? We'll promise to try <laughs> to get to there sooner than later. Okay. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for Thank that update and appreciate everything the guys have done. Um, Mary, do you have anything to report? My mute button there found the 
Nothing new, other nothing that you don't know. We advanced a little further in the PSRC grant application process on Friday. We delivered the presentation for the Entwistle Sidewalk Grant, and I think we will find out late February um, how we fared. I just want to let everyone know Mary presented to PSRC. She did a phenomenal job. You only have a short period of presentation with questions. And she handled it extremely well. And fingers crossed that we'll get this connection um, completed. They asked some really good questions. Mm -hmm. Anna was able to answer a lot of those questions along with Mary. So it was, I really want to thank you, Mary. I know you worked hard on that presentation. It looked really good. And um, it'd be nice if it'd be nice (laughs) just to finish that after all these years of us talking about it. It would. I would like that. (laughs) <laughs> and I know one council member that would much would really like to see those sidewalks connections <laughs> besides all I, of us. <laughs> I joined the PSRC meeting earlier because I wanted to see the other presentations. So I was able to see two presentations before we got to ours. Hands down, Mary's was the best. I just like <laughs> well, I agree. You. I was I was in the one right before Mary's with North Bend, and I agree 100 percent. Mary was clean, crisp, right to the point. It was, it was really much, much different <laughs> when we got when we got to our city. So thank you, Mary. I oh. that, and I do hope it's the last time I have to do that presentation, though, because we're going to get the money. And, <laughs> and, and I would like to also add that actually one of the questions was about diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. So, again, regardless of where how we may feel about the topic, the point is that in our region, it is a topic. And so the question is, do we want to lead? Do we want to follow? Do we want to pretend it's not there? And so I, I think we addressed the question um, in reality um, as I continued to talk to folks about Carnation. And I said, actually, you'll be surprised how, how well we're doing in the area of diversity and inclusion in comparison to other cities. When you look at our, our management team, we're actually quite diverse. More so, I would dare say, that a lot of other cities, and wink, wink, uh, including some of our neighbors. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, so we have our report from the Seattle Public Utilities, um, the Tote Dam Warning System, and I'm assuming, oh, Alex, great. Hi, Alex. Hi, Josh. Are you guys tonight? Yes, it's the two of us and the the design team as well. And let me see, who's bringing up the presentation? Do you know, Josh? It'll be me, Alex. This is Marisol. Great, thank you. All right. Which is whenever you're ready. Okay, we're ready to go. Uh, Thank you for having us here. Just as a reminder, we're here as part of our, I believe it's now every other month update on the Tolt Dam early warning system and how it's going on the upgrade of the system. It was monthly and we're happy to do more frequently or less frequently as uh, as you need. And in addition to that, there's quarterly community meetings for the design of the system. And thank you, Council Member Hawkins, for the um, early good word about the multi-language uh, element of the system. We're trying to listen as much as we can and move forward with this upgrade. Next slide, please. And just as a reminder, I'm Alex Chen. I'm in charge of drinking water for Seattle Public Utilities, and Josh is the project manager for the system upgrade. Happy to report that as continue, we continue to report that the weekly tests, no reported issues, all our tests are functioning properly. We're continuing to monitoring uh, to monitor the siren performance on site. Um, so we're happy to. Uh, 
just to let you know we're paying close attention we continue to and the system's performing as needed next slide please couple other reminders here. So thank you again to City of Carnation and King County Office of Emergency Management in that the joint planning uh, exercises are going well for uh, evacuation planning as well as all the outreach and uh, exercising around that. Uh, the inundation map now uh, in the worst case event is fully up at the link that you see there on your slide. And like we talked about earlier in the meeting, the text alerting system really is the best way to alert people both in emergencies and for just basic informational updates. So that sign up link is also shown there on the slide. So uh, next slide, please. And with that, I'll uh, give it over to Josh to tell you about what progress we've made since we talked to you two or three months ago. And Josh, take it away. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. I'll give a quick background on the South Fork Tolt Dam. The dam is about 14 miles upstream of Carnation. It's an earthen dam that stores water from the South Fork Tolt River and supplies about a third of the water supply for 1.5 million people in the region. It also provides hydroelectric power for Seattle City Light. We maintain 24-7 dam surveillance and monitoring of safety systems. Our crews inspect the dam daily, and we have regular inspections by our regulators. The early warning system replacement project was being planned uh, before the July 2020 false alarm that disrupted Carnation and damaged your trust in us. Since that time, we have sped up the project to replace the aging sirens and to work hard to rebuild your trust. Next slide. As a reminder, the system was built in 1985. It's on its fifth generation and it's getting difficult to maintain with its outdated technology. The goal of the project is to replace and improve outdated siren and system components. We're adding redundancy, resiliency, and reliability. We heard many of you say you wanted more static signs and digital highway message signs, so we're adding those to the project. We're always here to listen and respond to community needs and suggestions. Next slide. All right, since our last council update in October, we held another community meeting on December 15th. So thank you to the folks here who attended that meeting. We've reached 100% design for the siren replacement project, which means we're about ready to begin construction. There were no culturally significant items discovered during the tribal consultation cultural survey. Permitting is now 90% complete with one last outstanding permit. We're continuing site preparation for a new siren installment. For the other project components phase, we're at 30% design. We're clarifying the highway message signs, the tones and messages for the outdoor warning system, and the design elements and locations for the indoor warning systems. We're currently coordinating the static sign development plan. Next slide. So the design is wrapped up for the first phase of the project, making us ready to begin construction by the first quarter of this year. This design work included the static signage and incorporating the community's request for new and additional evacuation signage. We received FCC licenses and King County permits. 
and we completed environmental reviews, all of which have been key to moving this project forward. So where are we now? Uh, first, we'll replace the sirens. That's the biggest priority. Construction on that starts this spring. Uh, next, we'll build or install our other system components phase and install signs around Carnation and Duval. We will be working with local agencies, WashDOT, Carnation, Duval, and King County Roads to complete this portion of the project. And our next community meeting will be spring of this year, 22. Next slide. So now I'll hand the presentation over to Joe Blaschka. He's the chief engineer with our consultant design team, ADCON. Thanks, Joe. You're on Joe, mute, you might be. Yeah, thanks. Sorry about that. I got the video on, but didn't get the audio on. So, so uh, that's why I'm the chief engineer, I guess. <laughs> I figure out the technology. Anyway, um, so uh, I hope you're all having a, a great 2022 so far this year. Uh, the project is moving along well. Um, we're you know well into the uh, process of getting ready to get started on the replacing of the existing system which also includes addition of, of one siren in uh, east carnation so it's uh, replacing it and adding uh, one additional siren uh, the work that we're really working on right now from an engineering standpoint is getting the uh, rest of the system the sort of the system additions um, designed i think the key part to that is or the, the uh, highway message signs, the seven digital sign locations, um, but as the, we're saying there, actually we have nine signs. Um, the roundabout at Northeast uh, uh, 124th Avenue, yeah, Northeast 124th Avenue, uh, there we're gonna have to put three signs in that roundabout because it's large and uh, there really wasn't one location to put, put a sign. So that'll have three signs. And then, of course, we've talked about this before, about the 70 static evacuation route signs, which are along the King County designated evacuation routes. Um, those will help people find uh, those routes. Uh, next slide, please. And uh, there's a picture of the siren, as you can see. It'll look just pretty much like what you have today, only it'll look newer and, uh, and cleaner. Um, we um, originally had talked about having tone only, but after a lot of discussion and research, we found that uh, there isn't really one specific standard that things ha are usually done on a regional basis. And in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the trend is towards having tone and voice. So the plan currently is to have an alerting tone and then a voice message. And based on the census data that we had, uh, we will also then have uh, Spanish as well as English message um, to cover, um, you know, the fairly significant Spanish population that is in that area. And we'll have uh, different tones. We'll have a test tone and um, an evacuate tone uh, as we move uh, forward with, with that. Um, and also we'll be, you know, in the next few months here, be uh, starting construction. So we'll be working to coordinate uh, the, any testing efforts uh, with the city and, and with the community um, so we don't have anybody that, uh, you know, is uh, unaware of the, that we're going to be running tests so they don't think that, you know, there will be an actual evacuation. Uh, next slide, please. 
So as you can see, um, you know, the key part uh, of this work is primarily the digital uh, message signs. Uh, they'll be uh, blank uh, when they're not being um, activated and we'll have a test message and an all clear message and then a dam break, a do not enter message. Uh, there'll also be a flashing uh, yellow lights uh, on there as well to draw people's attention to them. Uh, the size of the signs will vary slightly depending on the speed, uh, but they'll, uh, mo most of them will be around six feet wide by four feet high. Uh, so they're, they're pretty, pretty good signs and they should be uh, readily visible uh, because they're illuminated, they're actively illuminated. So uh, even during the day, they should be, should be pretty visible uh, from that standpoint. And you can see the um, uh, evacuation route signs, uh, the different signs will be placed uh, on the pole, depending on the actual um, situation, arrows will define the directions. And of course, the walking path will be indicated not only with the evacuation route sign, but also uh, visual um, uh, graphic and uh, the words walking path uh, will be um, on the pole as well. So we'll be able to designate between driving and, and walking paths. So I think at this point, um, I'll pass it back to Josh. Thanks, Joe. So like I mentioned, uh, we'll have our next community meeting in spring uh, where we'll give a project update and hear any questions or concerns you might have in the community. Our next city council update will also be in March. Our construction for the siren replacement phase will begin uh, this spring. We'll continue our siren replacement project, which includes uh, permitting with the city of Carnation and preparing for mobilization. And lastly, we're continuing design for the full system replacement. Next slide. You can always stay connected by visiting the project website where you'll be able to sign up for emails to stay up to date and learn about our next community meeting in the spring. The link is on the screen and we'll drop it in to the chat for you. You can also visit the King County website to sign up for Alert King County and check out the inundation maps. And thank you all for your time. Thank this you. time I'd like to answer questions. Uh, are there any questions? Thank you, Josh, and I'll turn it over to any council members. Do you have any questions for Josh? Really, we just appreciate you and Alex and the whole crew coming and reporting to us. Um, every other month, I guess, right? Plus, plus, we really do appreciate even the community forums that you've had. Um, really think that's really great, the outreach that you're doing for the community. So thank you very much for that. Now, and, and besides keeping us up to date, it was nice being at your meeting what, last week with the 30% um, percent design, just listening in. So that was really beneficial just to hear how you guys all work together, which you got a great crew. So appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> so it doesn't look like there's any questions. Good evening, everyone. We'll see you in March. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next up is our um, Carnation Chamber. Brenda Zimmer, the um, president of the chamber. Brenda? Yes, Madam Mayor, Council, thanks for this opportunity to update you on the activities of the Carnation Chamber. 
Um, the Chamber of Commerce works under a business model where we have two focal areas. First, which is most traditional for most Chamber of Commerce, is the support we provide to our members. The second is more strategic and addresses economic development. We want to contribute to promotion of Carnation and to attract visitors to our town. It is in this second focal area that we will emphasize in 2022. We started meet and greet visits throughout the city and outside the city by introducing to the businesses in the community Anna Cortez, city manager, and Jean Lynn, city planner. We hope to start a new chapter of greater collaboration between the city and the chamber members. We will be resuming these visits in February as we took a break for the holiday. It has been extremely productive, fun, and exciting. One resident made the comment, what are you, the three musketeers? I replied, better than the three stooges. But we like it because the motto of the three musketeers, one for all and all for one. The Festival of Lights 2022. We are working together with Public Works, and as we all said, we love Public Works and thank them for everything they do. We had our first meeting on getting the community and businesses involved. We want to thank Colleen and Mike Becker for hosting the Chamber event this year. Colleen mentioned that our goal is to make Carnation a destination for the Christmas season. We got to welcome a new business with a red ribbon ceremony for Carnation Tattoo. Um, this has been the first time since 2017 that we've got to do this. They are very happy. We are very happy with them. The mayor gave a plate of her famous cookies, along with the chamber purchasing one of their stickers. So their first sales came from Carnation. We're very excited um, to broker a quick meeting for the city with the businesses after the city council meeting on December 14th and being on the committee for the Tote Common City Hall project. The chamber is actively seeking out any and all grants for monies for the chamber and the city. We have forwarded grant information to the city manager and I'm working for a collaboration with the T-Mobile grant at this time. We are also so excited to have in our monthly meetings, the city manager and the city planner giving us updates and reports directly to the chamber. We're also very excited to continue to have Councilman Ribel as our liaison. We thank him for the many years. Here we go, working together for the future of our town. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Does anyone have any comments or questions? Um, I see Anna Cortez. Um, thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, Brenda, if I could ask you, you were you did watch the presentation from the city of Renton, right? Correct. Yes, we I mean, I would love. Yes, I, I would love need. to have a, a follow up with you on that, if that's yeah. OK. Yes, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. Appreciate the presentation sort of the yearly update. So appreciate that. Thank you. Kim, I'll just say I'm just I'm, I'm glad to be on the chamber again, being the liaison. So it's been a great experience. So I'm looking forward to everything that the chamber is doing this year. So thanks, Brenda. Great. Thank you. OK, this portion of the meeting, <laughs> we're running late. Hopefully people that want to speak um, are citizens. 
go ahead and raise your hand or put your name in the chat. Anna, go ahead. I see your hands going. Go. I'm sorry, Madam Mayor, but um, we I have separated the presentation on the community space. So oh, it was sorry. its own. So if you would allow me just to take a few minutes, members of the public, I appreciate your flexibility. But I know that we have 30 some people here and I'm sure some of you want to hear about the community space. If that's so why okay. she's doing that, go ahead and write your name in the chat. I know, Morgan, you got your hand up, so you'll be the first one after our city manager. So thank you. So on January 4th, 2022, I indicated, I'm sorry, let me start. On December 14th of 2021, I shared four options for developing a community space in a municipal services campus at a cost not to exceed $4 million. On January 4th, I shared ARC's preliminary design with the council and with the public at our first council meeting. These two meetings have been documented and I'm going to show you where it is once I share screen. I will just give my statement and then I'll, I'll do the sharing screen because the two at the same time is difficult. On January 4th, 2022, I indicated that I would ask for formal di direction to further engage ARC on the development of the public facility during today's meeting. I would like to direct ARC to move this project forward. I recognize that the toll committee is meeting on Saturday, this coming Saturday. I have incorporated the community input process established through resolution 450 and a visual that I want to show you. And it incorporates that meeting on Saturday. At this point, I request direction from the council so that as of today and no later than February, um, we can move forward with the Triangle site, aka the place where the small Chamber of Commerce house is at. For clarification to members of the public, four sites were considered due, due to feasibility. Of those, only two are controlled by the city. That's 4621 Tolt and the triangle, the little space where the Chamber of Commerce little house is. The design on the triangle site is superior to the design, a potential design on 4621 Tolt. The triangle site connects, uses along Bird Street, provides amenities to Tolt Commons, and leverages the boundary created by the state highway, i.e. Tolt Avenue or 203. This will be the focus of Saturday's discussion. What works, what does not, what opportunities exist, which ones are lost if we develop on the triangle. So now let me share, let me share my screen. Boom. So I want to show you several things. So one of them is um, where the information is located. So again, this is our website, members of the public. If you go towards the middle, it says city manager projects. Under that is community space. If you click there, it will give you key information beginning with December 14th. It shows you the comparisons. It gives you the slideshow. Then for January 4th, again, it shows you the plans that were presented to the council and to members of the public at that point. So I wanted to show that. I also wanted to show a timeline that I, I put together with Jeff's help, of course, with ARC's help. Um, just to kind of give you a sense of where this is headed. So community space development timeline. So we are here. Um, uh, we are council narrows down options based on criteria. So that was done on the 14th. Then community engagement, told committee 
is to provide feedback on the two control sites. The city gives notice to proceed, I'm hoping, on February 1st. Then the design development occurs in March, April, May, and June. The construction documents will be prepared um, July through January 2023. So July, August, September, October, November, December, January. So that we can begin the bidding process in February and enter into contracts in March so that we can break ground in May 2023. So in 2023, we will be breaking ground. So if you look, work backwards, it has us um, giving notice to proceed in February. So to accomplish this, a decision has to be made sooner rather than later. Um, the unfortunate reality of construction projects is the longer decisions take, the more money, the more the cost increases. And so I want to be sensitive to that. So again, my request to the council tonight is to provide me direction so that I can engage ARC, ARC on the next stage of this process, looking at the development Oops, I think you may have frozen, Anna. Oops, Anna? I, Anna, if you can hear us, you froze. Yeah, we seem to. Yeah. So I'm just going to finish up. So the purpose of um, obviously waiting to February 1st is because the Visionary Committee is meeting this Saturday, and we wanted to hear their recommendations and their feedback before the council starts discussing this again. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> I think that's where we left off <laughs> and that's where we're at. So you'll be, we'll be having a big discussion obviously on February 1st because the more this is delayed, the more expensive it gets um, with our timeline. And I believe uh, if on, I see Anna's back, I believe ARC did say that if we were holding this off any longer, it's gonna cost in the hundreds of thousands, not just $1,000 to delay this project. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, did you have anything else to add, Anna? You're, okay, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Thank you, I apologize. But yes, ultimately that is, that, that's where we are at, that in light of the fact that we presented the schematics for that triangle, in that on Saturday, I'm meeting with the toll committee and we will discuss what works, what doesn't, you know, what are some of the opportunities? What are some of the barriers on about that site? The only other site at this point would be where we currently are. However, the designs for that are much limited. It's a, an inferior design than the one across the street. So from that perspective, if you could give me the go ahead either tonight or certainly on the 1st of February, which is our next meeting. Um, yep, February 1st. Um, I would appreciate it. I think it's best that we wait till February 1st, Donna, giving the rec giving the opportunity for the vision committee to discuss this. Um, Councilmember Harris. Yeah, no, that was going to be my exact comment. I think um, I think you know we need to we need to make sure that you know we we hear everyone out, you know, and who knows, someone might come up come back with an option that we don't have today. Um, 
you know, I, I understand that it's not likely. Um, but uh, but we need to give everyone the opportunity to. To talk to us about, you know, what their thoughts are. And then we can I think I think. Um, you know, if ARC. Is telling us, you know, like February 1st is too long. I, I mean, have we gotten that kind of feedback from them? We're still on schedule for February. Anna, you're on mute. ARC would like direction as soon as possible. So, um, and so again, ideally it would have happened at the last meeting, but again, we're I'm trying to also go at a pace to allow the public to read up about this project. I am sensitive to the to the criticism that the city is not communicating, um, you know, and, and for a few emails that I received, my question is, what else can we do? Because I've shown you today in when I share screen where the information is. Um, I have been using more um, social media. And mm -hmm. so, again, you know, what exactly is it that is needed? But we can community engage slash provide input uh, for months and not reach a conclusion. It is unclear to me at this point given the feasibility of the two sites that we control. We only control those two, period. We don't control anything else. So in light of that, yes, I would like a, a direction tonight, tonight if possible. But if you wish to kick this to February 1st, then it'll, it'll wait until February 1st. Um, but I was just going to say, so um, we're talking about a difference of a week. Um, I, I yeah, I don't I don't feel comfortable personally making a decision before we've had everyone have the opportunity to to talk. Agreed. Um, Councilmember Green. Yeah, just kind of a, maybe a process or a sequencing question. So the Tolt Visiting Committee is going to have their meeting on the 22nd, you said, the Saturday. And then yes. I was just curious how that information is going to get to us. Is there going to be a report in the, um, you know, in the council, um, like for our city council packet or something for the, maybe on the first, or are we going to get, I'm just curious how we're going to know what, got recommended basically that's what i'm asking um that is correct councilman so if the meeting goes on the 22nd what it also does and i'm pulling my little calendar here what it does it allows us the opportunity to include this information i mean i'll have it for the city clerk uh, by noon on tuesday which is our internal deadline to get um items to her so i would be able to submit have something ready to submit on the 25th so that you can have as part of your packet on February 1st. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we can wait till the 1st. Um, thank you. Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, I was just wondering. I was going to see if it made sense. And, and if it doesn't, Anna, just let me know. I mean, would it make sense for us to have a special meeting next week if that information could be turned around and we could meet on Tuesday for half an hour and give direction at that point? Is it worth it? Um, if you're a Madame Clerk, what uh, what do you think about that? Well, Tuesday next week's a planning board meeting, so we'd have to uh, juggle that. I, I, we can make it work if that's if that's what you guys want to do, and that's what works with the schedule. I mean, with, I guess 
is a week. I guess if it is a week going to make a difference of a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> or or something like that. And if if it would, I'd I'd push it up. If not, then we can wait till February work first. So your call, Anna, on if we think we should do it next week or wait till city council. Um. Let's see what Council Member Hawkins is yeah. going to say. <laughs> Just real quick, next week, Tuesday, we have safety. Uh, the safety committee has a safety meeting at five o'clock. So I just wanted to throw that in the mix for scheduling because safety. Um, council, council, council members, um, if you would allow me to be, do a TBD on this one, uh, let me have a conversation with ARC, a realistic conversation about what it means. I would rather stick with the scheduled meetings if possible um, and leave special meetings for true emergencies. But let me thank you for giving us that option and I'll I'll run with it. Okay. Um, Councilmember Green, did, did you have your hand back up again? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't want a special meeting for this. I think we can wait till the first. And also, you know, a regular meeting, um, I mean, that gives the public a chance to comment as well. Um, and time to digest. So I think that schedule makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if Deputy Mayor Rebel had his hand up again or just didn't put it down. She just didn't put it down. Okay. <laughs> okay. So unless we hear something different where it's going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars, Anna, I think we can stick with February 1st. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now we'll turn this over to the public. Um, so you have, um, please state your name and address, and you do have three minutes to speak, and our deputy mayor will be doing the time. Morgan Henley, you're first up, and I, before you start, I'd like to give my condolences to you and to your family, and I want to also thank you for everything that you wrote about your dad and the pictures that you've shown on Facebook. It's been wonderful watching and listening and hearing everybody's story. So anyways, um, again, our sincere um, sympathy to everybody. So thank you for being here tonight, and I'll let you speak. Well, I don't know what to say after that, Kim. <laughs> Just take <laughs> um, your address. Morgan Henley, 2909 West Snoqualmie River Road, Northeast Carnation, Washington. Um, thank you, Kim, for the kind words and acknowledgement. And um, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week to say the least. Um, morning during COVID is a lot different than normal times and I want to thank everybody for you know saying kind words on Facebook and social medias and sharing stories as well Kim you shared an amazing story that definitely uh I took to heart about your one day you spent with Henley and that was uh I'm I can only imagine it was interesting <laughs> but uh I just want basically what I want I just wanted to thank the council and the city for for uh giving my father the honor to, of a moment of silence there at the beginning of the meeting uh, I, that's very special and very important to myself and uh you know i think it's safe to say he would not be happy that we mentioned his real name <laughs> <laughs> but uh henley henhouse is probably how he would have wanted to be known but um yeah i just wanted to give my thanks and love to you guys for for doing that for him it means a lot especially like i said in the in these difficult times of mourning during COVID, it's uh, different, and every every little thing is means a lot to my soul and my heart and my family too. My mom was very, she wanted me to pass on 
her thank you as well for for doing that for Henley. And I also want to say, you know, my heart is also with uh, the family of that of the tragedy that happened outside of Fall City the, the same day my father passed, and also Lynn, who is a very important person in this community as well. I've known her my whole life, and I was very saddened to hear about her. But yeah, I look forward to carrying on my dad's legacy here in the, in the town and spreading love and community and gathering and positivity because that was his uh his goal here you know this town was was everything to him he traveled the whole west coast before he came here 52 years ago and set up on the Tolt river road so i look forward to working with you guys to put a 30-foot statue of him in the Tolt commons <laughs> so that'll be pretty awesome <laughs> not kid but we should you know we'll talk later about doing something <laughs> to memorialize him but yeah and kelly I just want to say uh, we love you. Thank you for everything you've done for our our town and our community, and uh, I'll definitely miss you. And that is all I got. So thank you. Thank you again thank, from the thank bottom you, of my heart. Thank you. Um, Jules. Hello, everyone. Can you hear and see me okay? Yes. Somehow? Okay. Um. Yeah, it's hard to follow the you know, the grief that everyone has with folks who have passed on. Um, no, I just wanted to make a quick comment. I wanted First, to... First, wait, Jules, I'm going to interrupt you. You still need oh, to I'm take sorry. your name I'm and address. I know. 31721 West Rutherford Street, Carnation. Um, thank you, Kim, uh, for doing that. Um, I just... I, I'm empathizing with the council in having to finally make the decision about where this new city hall community space is going to go and i i was going to ask i wasn't sure exactly when you were going to be asked to vote on the final site selection and i and if it was tonight which i was unsure from the agenda um i was just going to encourage you to delay it until more public um had the chance to give some of their thoughts about it and for the next meeting of the Toll Commons Visioning Committee. But you all have just been deliberating about that very idea about what I was going to talk to you about tonight. So um, I appreciate your willingness to delay the vote to the first. And I, I'm hoping that many more people that live here can really kind of wrap their minds around what, you know, that cool scoring card that Anna came up with in mid-December. And, you know, in classic form, a lot of times people aren't paying attention in mid-December, as you all know. And so it's just kind of, you know, playing catch up to um, to get, get people to um, understand where the decision-making process is. And so um, anyway, I just wanted to thank you for uh, being willing to delay that vote and to continue to get public feedback as you <laughs> agonize over how to, you know, follow through with this tough decision making after uh, the whole year of ups and downs and different directions and different site considerations. So um, happy new year and thank you again for everything you guys are doing to help make it a great project. Thank you. Um, is there anyone else that would like to speak? Otherwise, we're going to move on to our agenda. I don't see anybody else in the chat. Oops, I see. A, nope, that's Jules's hand. Okay. Okay. I think we can move on to the our next our agenda bills. Okay, we have agenda bill 
22-07. This is a motion authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute a consultant agreement with Safe Built Washington LLC for on-call building department services through 2024. Um, Anna. Um, council members, I would let uh, I would let staff give you the details on this item. Hi, um, so we've been working with Safe Built for at least the last six months. Um, we've been very impressed with their level of service and their willingness to pretty much do everything we've asked them to do. Um, and so um, as part of that, we'd like to continue our working relationship with Safe Built. Um, we are proposing a long-term contract through 2024, um, and Safe Built um, in, in that uh, time period, Safe Built has also um, allowed us to lock in our hourly uh, inspection rates. So. Okay. Um, do we have a motion? Sure. Uh, I move to authorize the city manager to negotiate and execute a consultant agreement with Safe Built Washington LLC for on-call building department services. Second. Okay. Any discussion? Questions? Um, Councilmember Hawkins, then Harris. A quick question. So I was wondering, does Safe Built just do like new homes or do they also do rows? Do they measure rows to see if they're built to code, to see if they're large enough, or is that on us? The, the roadways are actually yeah. uh, a, a separate, um, typically what Safe Built provides is actually um, building. So it is new construction, it's renovations, anything that triggers or requires a building permit. Anything that doesn't trigger or require a building permit, such as our, a lot of our capital projects or frontage improvements as part of new uh, developments, those get inspected by either our city engineer or uh, in-house staff. Thanks. Hey, Council Member Harris. Um, yeah, there was a, a, a section that talked about, uh, you know, uh, cost recovery, and I was curious, is that any in any way different from the um, relationship that we had with the city of Snoqualmie, um, you know, because it called out um, differences in like capital projects, cold consultations, code enforcement actions, things like that. Was our relationship with the city of Snoqualmie any different? I believe we were also cost recovery with the city of Snoqualmie whenever we've asked them to do uh, any any type of work related to development projects. So that can either gets billed back to the to the applicant or it gets captured in our fee um, fee schedule. Okay. Um, so 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 the scope the scope of work that we're asking Safe Built to do and the cost recovery for that work is essentially the same as it was with the city of Snoqualmie. Yes. Great. Any other questions, comments? If hearing none, I'm going to move on to the vote. Okay. All those in favor of authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute a consultant agreement with Safe Built Washington LLC for on-call building development services through 2024. Say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Okay, on to our next agenda bill, 2208. Let's get it up here. Okay, this is a resolution 
supporting the adoption of policies that ensures the mobility and mobility infrastructures are accessible, affordable, convenient, coordinated, reliable, and safe for residents, businesses, and visitors in the Snoqualmie Valley. I'm going to let Adair, uh, Council Member Hawkins, speak on this, and I will back her up. How's that? Thanks, guys. I move to make a resolution supporting the adoption of policies that ensure the mobility and mobility infrastructure are accessible, affordable, convenient, coordinated, reliable, and safe for residents, businesses, and visitors in the Snoqualmie Valley. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay. Any discussion, questions? This, oh, go ahead. I'm Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, um, so yeah, I agree with this. I mean, I don't have anything really. I just, um, the only thing I wish they would add to it as kind of a component to it was um, they kind of lack mentioning the conditions of the roads in the state and county. So um, I think that should be kind of a focus of those also because I'm all for multimodal transportation, but we actually need asphalt to do that because you can't take buses on anything else. So I think that, that I'd like to see that included in it somehow in the future. Um, so uh, I understand what their priority is, but uh, the state and county roads need to be in a state of repair too to be able to provide that. That's my only comment on it, but I support it. Um, Council Member Harris. Oh, no, I was just going to point out my my advertisement for multimodal uh, transportation. The fact that, uh, you know, I can only do this on a trainer in my house uh, because we don't have, you know, roads that support bikes in any reasonable sense um but no absolutely i think this is a, a great um a great resolution i think this resolution comes at a perfect time with the sbga transportation committee yeah. and i agree with um, deputy mayor rebo talking about how <laughs> the roads actually work as well mm -hmm. <laughs> um but i think we're off to a great start honestly with the combination of this resolution as well as the SVGA Transportation Committee. I think it's I think it's going to be a promising year, honestly. And as we talked about at the Transportation Committee, really Metro's at a crossroads. One of the things that they have, obviously through COVID, you know, their ridership is down. They're finding that their regular routes aren't necessarily as important as they were once were. I think once a lot of the stuff starts changing, especially we know. People have moved out to the rural areas. People are realizing they don't need to live next to where they work. Um, so we're, we're definitely seeing a shift. And I think with this um, committee that's been formed for the SBGA, I think is really going to be promising getting our ducks in a row because once, once people start moving or people realize they can't, they don't have the same accessibility, especially out here that they may have done in Bellevue or Seattle or where some of the people have moved to, I think we're going to have a louder voice when it comes to some of these improvements, both on roads as well as with mobility. So I think I think we're, we're the timing of this couldn't be better. Um, it's something we've been discussing for a long time. Obviously, the uh, mobility coalition has been around. Thank goodness for the Easter Seals uh, grant that they received what, back in 2000. I think it was 2017. So this has really helped propel this. But I think, yeah, I think um, timing wise is going to be really, really great. So thank you. Any other discussion, questions, comments? I okay. wanted to say oh, something yeah. unless council member, I was waiting for council member Green to speak first. Do you have anything to say before I talk? No, go ahead. 
Oh, cool beans. Okay, I just want to say I totally support roads being accessible for buses. We can only control carnation, but right now, some of our main thoroughfares aren't supporting the buses as they were coded to do so, especially on Entwistle on 233rd going to Jim's house. Um, you can't have a bus and another cargo at the same time. So I'm in full agreement of building our roads to code so it does it does let buses go by because my my son uses the public transportation every day. I also have a mother-in-law who is disabled that can only get through with bus transportation. My cousin and her daughter are blind. Same thing. And it's all about building the infrastructure to support everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready for the vote? Okay, all those in favor of the resolution supporting the adoption of policies that ensure the mobility and mobility infrastructure are accessible, affordable, convenient, coordinated, reliable, and safe for the residents, businesses, and visitors in the Snoqualmie Valley. All those in favor say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Okay, on to our agenda bill 2209. This is a motion approving the list of requests and petitions to be included in the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Before I turn this over to Jean and um, Anna, I just want to give a little clarification to the council. I've instead of trying to do this all individual. Yay, you know, motions. I did talk to Mary just to get point of order to make sure we can do this without any um, breaking any rules, <laughs> let's say, um, and then talking with both Anna and getting a little feedback from Jean. So I think what we're going to do is let them present the docket. Let's talk about them as we go instead of motioning. Once everything is completed, we can then move to accept in a, in a form. So if we want to do one through one, three, five, six, seven as an approved one, and then we can do the ones that we're rejecting as a group. Um, Councilmember Harris. Um, point of order, there are a couple on here that I would need to recuse myself from the vote since they're my requests, but I would like to have a vote on all the others. Okay. And we, when we get to that point, we can go, and you can say that when we, so we'll figure that all out. And I'm oh. sure Mary, will ping me. <laughs> so I think what we can do is if you wanted to, for the record, Tim, if we do it by a group, which ones you're reclusing yourself from, if it's three, six, whatever. Okay. 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 Um, sound good? Does everyone follow? Councilmember Green? Just so can, if we're going to um, like go through the first 10 or something, could we, I mean, and that's going to be the first block of voting. Can we then do the vote then? If, if you want to, well, I was, I mean, we can, that's why I'm bringing this up now. We can yeah. go through all of them and then, and, and, and talk about I'm just about afraid I'll just, forget. It's like, okay. I won't remember the, what number two was. So okay. if you want to do a block of 10, I think let's go through okay. it, vote on the that 10, sounds, that and sounds then we can great. move on. Okay. Yeah. I'm good for that. I'm trying to make this so we don't have to do it every single one individual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, Jean, I'm going to turn it over to you. There's a lot of information here. <laughs> <laughs> there is. I'm going to try to be as brief as I can. I know it's a long night. Um, so two things. Um, number one, I am hearing that we go through the first block of 10. Council discusses and votes, and then we, we proceed with the last three items. Is that correct? 
That's, that's what I've got. Yes. Thank you. If that's the break that makes sense. Yes, please. I just want to make sure that and then the second um, question, uh, the second item is Councilmember Harris did recuse himself. You are certainly welcome to recuse yourself. We did consult with the city attorney. Uh, you do not have to. There is no uh, uh, appearance of fairness issue here because uh, the items that you've um, proposed are are legislative in nature. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, Tim, you can make that decision what you want to do. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. If it had been an issue, we would have brought it to your attention early. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so let's start with, so we have a total of 13 docket um, items on our on our proposed docket list this year. And um, what it includes is, as I said, last year, our docket was very heavily focused on land use code amendments. Those amendments are nearing completion, and we will be talking about those amendments later tonight. Um, and uh, so that means that this year with the comp plan update uh, needing to be completed by 2024, this year's update is very, very heavily geared towards comprehensive plan updates. So with that, um, again, we've got 13 items of these. We've got um, three that are citizens requests, one of which was a previous citizens request and two are new citizens requests. Um, OK, so. Um, we basically list it by chapter. Um, we try to stay as organized as possible. So the first chapter is introduction administration. This is gonna be really focusing on our visioning process. It's our goals and it's our vision for the city. Um, and this item will require uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, community engagement so that we can have a conversation about what the community wants as uh, the city evolves into the future chapter um, staff's recommendation uh, for the first item is to accept this request for inclusion in the docket chapter two is about a description of the planning area and it's basically a housekeeping item and this is really just to make sure that we are updating the da data on the city providing an overview of what our current characteristics are and staff also recommends accepting this item Oops. I'm sorry, I just realized I'm not sharing my screen. <laughs> um, and Jean, I'm gonna also ask, since we're, because of the time, is if a council member wants to ask you a question while you're talking about the bullets, let's let's have them ask the question then, instead of going through all 10 of them and then going back to each one of them. Does that make sense? And if everyone's okay with that, I think it'll make it streamline a little bit better. Okay, so if you have any questions at the end of Jean's talk, Please ask it. Sure. And um, one clarification is the way that we bundled these is all the items where it's bulleted under proposed amendments, it's a bundle. It's a bundle of changes. Um, and typically it's going to be hard to peel off one one piece of that from from the rest of the bundle. So something to keep in mind. And um, but later on, we'll see a, see a change in the in the uh, the content where it does allow us to peel off certain pieces. Um, okay, sorry, you could all see my screen now. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So next, we move on to chapter three, which is the land use element. Um, this element is going to uh, we're going to have to um, update all of the 
policies um, so that in, in all of the elements, um, both this one and as well as subsequent required um, and optional uh, comprehensive plan elements, so that then it, it, it's uh, consistent with the vision and the goals that we will have established in chapter one. Um, and okay. for this, just a second, um, I've got a couple of hands up, Jean. So okay. I don't know which one put your hands up for, wait, wait, I can figure this out because it tells me. It tells you now. Look at that. Councilmember Harris was first. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick question on the bullet to eliminate the existing land use map. Um, now, does that, uh, there's, there's the, you know, the big zoning map. Now, is the zoning map a separate map from the existing land use map? So yes. we will still have a zoning map. We will, will definitely have a zoning map. We must have a zoning map. Okay. We I don't just want to make sure. <laughs> yes. Um, and, which and map I, is which? Okay, good. Yeah, part of the confusion with having the, the existing land use map is it's a lot of work to update and to maintain um, for no um, meaningful purpose. Okay. Okay, and Deputy Mayor Rebel? That's my question. Okay. We're all good. Okay. Go ahead, Jean. I didn't number four, I don't see any other questions. Okay, um, so for number three, you know, staff does recommend that we accept this item. Number four is the economic development element. This is an optional element, but this is particularly important for us. Um, and uh, again, um, this is to, as part of this, we are going to require some consultant assistance to help us prepare some market analysis to understand uh, what's um, to, to understand our demands, our needs, and what is going to um, ultimately help uh, with our economic development strategy um, to create a robust downtown to meet our community's needs. Um, and also, it, it may help drive some of the decisions that we make in some of the other chapters. So staff does recommend that council accept this item. Okay, and we have a question from Councilmember Harris. Um, a sequencing question. So with the visioning uh, work that's going to be doing that you're going to be doing in chapter one, um, are, are you able to are, are you going to be able to get the chapter four work done in parallel with the chapter one work or do you have to wait until the chapter one work is done before you can do the chapter four work? Um, ideally, you could actually get started on chapter four work. There is some early work, um, you know, with the market analysis that you get started on collecting the data and trying to understand um, where our strengths and weaknesses are. Um, but overall, we really should get the chapter one work done because that drives the other chapters. And the data collection that you're talking about would inform the chapter one work as well, wouldn't it? Um, the data collection that I'm talking about is actually more about our vision and how, what we ultimately want to achieve. Um, it may, to, to some extent, it may, but um, I think that actually drives the individual chapters more than the, the, the chapters driving chapter one. Got it. Okay. Okay. And Deputy Mayor Rebel? Yeah, just kind of an overall question on consultants. I know there's a lot of consultants listed on here for city use. Do we have an overall idea of what that's going to look like financially as far as consultants use goes at this time? No, we don't. Um, in fact, um, we we are going to need some some resources to help support us in this effort. Um, we don't have a we don't have a clear scope just yet. We will be developing that. Okay. 
Because um, I think because we did approve some consultants last year on the comprehensive plan also that we've also been using, didn't we? Uh, the last that last year's consultants were strictly for the land use code amendments. Okay. Okay. I just like to get a better idea for that when we get when we get a better idea. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you referring to makers? Uh, no, I'm just referring to what's it going to cost to have to update our comprehensive plan globally with consultant fees. Ah, uh, that that's a very good question, and that's a question that I'm still grappling with as well, um, trying to understand what the scope is. Um, I'm pretty ambitious, but I also understand that we have very limited resources. So, so trying to um, find a happy medium between what I like to accomplish and what we actually can afford to accomplish. Sure. No, that's, that's great. I just kind of wonder. Require a conversation. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead, Jane. Oh. Council Member Rebel, do you still have your hand up? Oh, okay. I'll put it down. He went on mute instead. Okay, um, moving on. Chapter five is the housing element. This is a required element. And this is to, um, as uh, some of you may know, um, we actually got a grant to complete this element. Um, it it's consists of two components. One is the first component is a housing needs assessment. Again, that's a lot of data collection. That's understanding um, what our demographic is. And that is going to be completed in conjunction with our fellow um, Snoqualmie Valley cities. The second piece, which is action, the housing action plan, that is solely a Carna city of Carnation effort. That is to help us try to determine how strategically we're going to be addressing our housing needs. Um, the, the grant that we received from the Department of Commerce is $65,000. That should cover the cost of uh, updating this element. And staff does recommend that uh, we include this element as part of the 2022 docket. The next chapter is chapter six, which is the parks and recreation element. This is an optional element, um, but it is also an important one for us. Uh, and, and in fact, um, the update to this chapter is actually relatively minor because the heavy lifting we are doing with the parks, recreation and open space plan, and as that is nearing uh, completion. Um, staff also recommends that uh, council accept this request. I don't see any questions, Jane, so go ahead. Yep, I'm keeping an eye out for hands as well. <laughs> Make sure I don't skip any. So chapter seven, the next two items are, are pertaining to chapter seven, which is the transportation element. The first um, the first item, number seven, is actually a staff, staff is initiating that. The second item, item number eight, is uh, was initiated by the Snoqualmie Valley Transportation Coalition last year. So item number seven is just to, again, update our policies um, so that we are making sure that we're achieving our overarching goals and vision. Um, we need to incorporate by reference our, our transportation improvement plan and um, transportation element background information. Um, I think, um, and so this item can, uh, this uh, staff does recommend that council accept this item for into the uh, 2022 docket. Um, and yes. we do have a question from Councilmember Harris. Yeah, this is actually just kind of a procedural question. So um, number eight was was accepted last year onto the docket. So does it not just roll over? It, it is just rolling over. Absolutely. We just wanted to be very explicit and transparent that it is rolling over. Okay. And Councilmember Hawkins. 
I just wanted to say that number eight's my favorite. I made notes about it under uh, number eight. So thank you. Keep going. Yeah, we, we just want to make sure that, yes, this was part of last year's docket. We didn't complete it last year. We didn't forget about it. We want to make sure that uh, we address it with the comp plan updates. And in fact, we did actually strategically delay it because we knew that we were going to be updating the comp plan. We didn't want to have to, uh, we didn't want, we wanted to make sure that any changes we did as part of this doesn't get lost in an updated comp plan. So uh, again, for item number eight, um, we do recommend that council accept this item. Okay, uh, we're stopping at 10. So item number nine is um, chapter eight utilities. Um, and this is this is a fairly routine um, item, except for the fact that we are going to uh, adopt and incorporate by reference the comprehensive water system plan into this element. Um, and staff does recommend um, that council accept this item. And then item number 10 is pertains to chapter nine, which is capital facilities element. Councilmember Hawkins, did you have a question on number nine? I or? think she had it up from last time. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I did see Deputy Mayor Rebel's hand come up. It's at the end of 10. I'll let Jean get through 10 and ask the question. Okay. okay. Um, so okay. item number 10 is the capital facilities element, which is chapter nine. Um, and uh, again, fairly routine. Um, we we did this every year. Um, part of the amendment is to to make sure that we implement updated school impact and park impact fees. Um, we also want to um, update some of the tables in the capital facilities element. And staff does recommend that council accept this request. Okay, and Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah. So, do we actually receive a copy of Riverview School District's capital facilities plan? That we're referencing we do we do yes. okay all right just wanted to they make share sure a copy that. with us perfect thank you okay so we've got through the 10 so do you want to go and make a motion i would like i would do that <clears throat> okay go ahead so I, um, I move to accept docket request numbers one through ten for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the carnation comprehensive plan and land use code. Do have a second? Second. Okay, any further discussions or questions for our city planner? Okay, hearing none, all those in favor to accept the docket request numbers one through 10 for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code, say aye. 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 Anyone oppose? Motion passes. Okay, that's the first part. So now we've got the last three. Can we do them individually, please? Okay, we can. Let's let's go ahead and have Jean talk about eleven, and then we'll go ahead and vote on it. Then. Okay. Item eleven is a uh, citizen request um, that was submitted by Councilmember Harris, and it comprises of four components. Um, so this is going to span a couple of pages. The first component is to um, align. Um, some of the some of the map land use designations on our map, um, but I think upon further um, clarification from Councilmember Harris, it, it seems like um, it's more about um, making sure that our future land use map is user friendly and that it lists the um, 
the future land use designations and associated zoning um, designations. So we, we can happily um, make that clarification. Um, and, uh, and, and staff does, oops, sorry. Staff does um, recommend that council accept this item. So that was item A. Item B is to um, update the future land use designation of parcels in the potential annexation, annexation area north of the city. Um, and the suggestion is to um, uh, rezone or, or up, not rezone, but change the future land use designation um, from its current designations of residential and mixed use uh, to something like service, com service commercial or uh, something that would be compatible with non-residential uh, non uses. And uh, again, upon um, uh, discussion with uh, Council Member Harris, um, this is something that staff can look into and consider, um, but in conjunction with the economic development and as well as uh, the land use elements. And so with that, staff would recommend that Council accept this for consideration. Hey, Deputy Mayor Reba has his hand up. Yeah, so I just got a question. So this would be possibly doing all of our future annexation into service commercial? No. Okay. No, it would be uh, to the parcels, The basically it's the Harville uh, property to the west of 203. And all of it would be service commercial? That whole parcel? To, to a, a non-residential use. Yeah, the, the idea is for the economic development analysis to help inform and guide how we want to um, update the future land use map. And this will come back to council for final approval? Yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jean. Mm -hmm. if, if, well, uh, I don't know if you want, if you want, if I should make a comment or not. Other people aren't going to get to make a comment necessarily about theirs, so I probably ought to not. <laughs> is it a comment or is it clarification? It, it's, yeah, it was a, it was a comment. It's fine. We can move on. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to overstep. So. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Jean. Do let me know if I've misrepresented any of this. No, I, no, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, next item is item C, um, and that is to update the future land use map to show the planned extension of Milwaukee um, from Bagwell to Northeast 60th. Again, this extension would occur in the potential annexation area. Um, staff looked at this and thought that it actually would, it might be more appropriate to address this as part of the transportation element to make sure that um, any future extensions are expressed in the transportation improvement plan. Um, and also to uh, make sure that our maps are fully updated to uh, to be consistent with our intent for the future uh, street network. So um, based on that, staff does recommend that council accept this request. Okay, and Councilmember Green. Yeah, I just want to make sure that any public listening understands the process. Um, we're not approving what's being proposed. We're deciding whether we should look at it. And if I'm make sure I'm stating it correctly, the planning board is going to review right. these changes. 
and make a recommendation to council and then council have like uh, the mayor the deputy mayor mentioned then there'll be a final decision by the council on that recommendation correct that okay. is correct. Yep. oh so, and go ahead sorry Jean. one other item is um in the request um it did include an extension of milwaukee from northeast 53 5th Street to Northeast 60th Street, um, and, and that was implied in the request. That's currently not planned, but that's that may be something that Council want, may want to discuss. And there, there's an existing road that I, I forget the number of it, but yeah, I I put the two together. You know, that's how you end up with Entwistle slash Northeast 45th slash Tolt River Road. So. I don't know if we necessarily want to do that. <laughs> Is that something we need to discuss for the docket request or something for the um, planning board to discuss? I think that's for the planning board. Okay. I think let's turn it over to them. Okay, so we this is the end of 11, right, Jean? This is, no, I think 11 has one, one more. more. Yes, indeed. This is the fourth item, um, and this request is to formally annex the parcel uh, that includes the current uh, cemetery into the city limits um, so that we capture uh, any revenues or um, <clears throat> any re tax revenues for related related to services that are sold as part of the cemetery. Um, for this one, staff did look into whether or not there would be any fiscal benefit, um, and we determined that there would not be any fiscal benefit. Um, there would be a significant amount of um, staff time that would need to be devoted to um, this request. Um, and uh, but it didn't seem like but without the fiscal benefit, there there didn't seem to be any any um, mechanism to justify um, the amount of staff time and resources that would be needed to annex this parcel. And so for this reason, staff does recommend that council not accept this request. Councilmember Harris. And just to let you know, I did have a meeting with uh, with uh, uh, Jean and our uh, city manager. And after that conversation, I'm fully supportive of, of line item D being removed. Thank you. Okay, so that, uh, Councilmember Green. So for this, just because uh, to make it clear, I wonder if we could do four votes um, on the subparts. Well, I was just going to suggest, why don't we just go, you know, accept 11 A, B, C, and C, and then do a second one. We um, do not accept. Well, because I want to vote D. different on. Uh, that's not how I want to vote. <laughs> okay. So we'll do them all individually. That's clear. Okay, so who wants to make a motion on 11A? I'm sorry. Um, I'm getting there. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I know lots of papers. I've got 10 out of too many papers, so. <clears throat> so I'm just motioning 11A. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah. So I move to accept, reject docket request number 11A. Well, which so, one? <laughs> so you choose which one you want to do, Jim. Accept it or reject it. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm lost in paper. Hold on. So I move to accept um, 11A docket request number for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments into the Carnation Copperheads of Plan and Land Use Code. 
There we have go. a second. Second. Okay. Any further discussion questions? Okay. Hearing none. All those in favor of to accept docket request 11A for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Say aye. 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 Anyone oppose? I'm going to go ahead and recuse myself. Okay. So motion passes. Okay, who wants to make a motion for um, docket request 11B? I think I got this uh, down now. So okay, go for I it. Move, I move to accept docket request number 11B for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Do you have a second? A second. Okay, any discussion, questions? Councilmember Green? So the application talks about um, economic development and basically the concern of people having places to work. So we want to have more zoning for commercial service. Um, I guess that's my understanding, this Docker request. Um, one thing, I, I actually don't support changing the zoning of that area. Um, one thing that we haven't really talked about in our conversations on economic development is the changing nature of work. Um, I have three daughters that are college educated women. They all work from home and, you know, it's just a, a different um, paradigm. I could imagine people moving out here specifically to work from home and just thinking about the economic impacts of people, you know, living and working in the same places. Um, that's a lot of dollars. So right now uh, that is zone residential. Um, we have no idea when that's going to be annexed. Um, I'd prefer to keep it how it is. Um, Gene, I'd like to ask, I thought that side was mixed use. So both can be both commercial as well as residential is that correct or did that change over the years um there is a strip of mixed use that is along uh tolt avenue and behind that it is uh actually let me pull up behind that it's it's single family residential so as you as you spread out from tolt avenue it becomes sing well sorry let me take that back <laughs> um as you spread out on the West side, it's single family residential. On the east side, it's multifamily residential. High density. Yep. High density, yeah. Um, Councilmember, Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, so um, I guess, Gene, if we vote to approve this, so how it's currently on the land use map or the zoning map, it, it doesn't make sense to have that strip mall type corridor on the front side of 203. Um, I don't think, but is this just click, kicking to the planning board so that they can decide what that zoning should be, that it should either be, this doesn't preclude them from saying we want a portion of that to be residential and part of it to be um, service commercial, right? Right. Staff's recommendation is not to accept it as uh, to, to change the land use designation into service commercial. That's not staff's recommendation. What our recommendation is, is to consider what the what the land use designation should be as it is informed by our economic development um, analysis. Okay, so 
that zoning on that parcel could change and move around with a mix of different uses. And that would come back to council for approval. That would need to come back to council for approval. And that would also need to depend on, you know, our market demand and market conditions. Okay. We would consider that. Okay, perfect. That clarifies it for me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask the same question because I don't know if I want it all light industrial or retail. So if it, if I know it's just going to the planning board to look into it as a discussion, I think it's fair. So I, so I do have a question on that. So when it's presented to the, to the planning board, though, is it going to be look at this piece of property in conjunction with economic development and residential land use and come back with a recommendation? Or is it going to come back with we want you to look at this as for service commercial I it's going to it's going to be bundled with the economic development. It's it's not going to be a standalone. Hey, we're proposing this with no explanation behind why we're proposing that. So okay. it does need to be there needs to be some strong rationale if we are going to change the future land use designation. One thing to keep in mind is future land use designation is just that. It's not zoning. We don't control that property. Um, all it is is really an expression of our intent for how we'd like to see that property be developed. Uh, whether you know that stays, that intent is is con consistent over the next 20, 40 years. Um, but um, that's that's to be seen. Um, okay. But at least for right now. So um, the same thing goes with our current future uh, land use designation and you know whatever is shown on our zoning map. It is simply an intent. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions for Jane? Comments? Okay. Hearing none. All those in favor of the docket request number 11B for the inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code say aye. 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 Okay. Those um, say no. No. Okay. So. We have one abstention. <laughs> so, how did Mary? I'm going to have clarification since we have a two and two. Does it go to the positive or does it just get tabled? The, the motion dies. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, um, we are now on 211C. Who would like to make a motion on 11C? I'll go again if I guess I move to accept docket request number 11C for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Second. Okay, Councilmember Green second that. Okay, any questions, comments? I have a comment. Go ahead, um, I have apprehension about the second um, paragraph that says separately. An extension on Milwaukee Avenue from Northeast 55th Street on Northeast 60th Street is implied in the request, has not been adopted and should should be discussed with council. I guess I was just wondering, do we make as a council street names? Is that our job? I didn't I've never been asked to do that. Generally, no. Um, the street names actually there's a countywide grid that we kind of have to go with. Um, that's why you see all the, you know, where the numbered streets are. Um, and also, um, we establish street names in conjunction with Eastside Fire to make sure that they can find these addresses. 
That said, if we want to name a street, we can name a street. We named Larson. It used to be 316th. Yeah. Uh, so if I could here. just make a quick clarification on that. What you're seeing there is the result of me looking at a very teeny tiny map where I couldn't read the text on it. So um, I'm not advocating that that strip of I forget the number 234th or whatever it is between 55th and 60th get renamed. I'm just wanting the map to show a contiguous street. Got it. Thank you. I understand now. So you don't want the street name to be Street Street Face? Was that? I'm just checking. You know. <laughs> okay. I propose. We need a poll. That the street on Northeast 60th Street <laughs> be named Streety McStreetfaced Fun Tubbins. <laughs> Do I have a second? <laughs> no. Okay. Any other discussion or comments on 11C? No. Okay. Hearing none. All those in favor of docket request number 11C for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan in land use, say aye. 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 Those opposed? And we have an abstention. <laughs> Motion passes. Okay, now we're on to 11D. Who would like to make the motion? Hey, Tim, since um, I'm you happy don't to have just, to recluse yourself, would, would you like would, to make I the motion? I would that we kill this one. <laughs> so let, let's use the right verbiage. <laughs> Um, I move that we reject docket request number 11D uh, for inclusion within the 2022 docket uh, for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and the Land Use Code. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay, any further discussions, questions? Councilmember Green? Just a question. Um, so it says there's no benefit. What did it say? No fiscal benefit, but what I was wondering about water rights, you know, basically the amount of water we can draw out of our uh, sources is limited by the city area. And so I just wonder if there, you know, would there be an advantage to annexing that that property um, to gain extra water rights? We wouldn't gain water rights. The the rights are limited by the amount we draw, which is in, uh, uh, gosh, it's been a while, QA and QI. So acre feet per year and total amount we can draw in instantaneous demands. Those are the two limiting factors. And we've kind of estimated that with those limitations on our um, spring source and on our well, we can serve approximately 4,700 people, but it's not a geographic Okay. I thought it was based on our area. So no, it's, it's based on our rights. Yeah. When we annex our UGAs, that's not going to change our our water limits. No, that's um, that. So we have enough water to serve our city and our growth area, and that's about all the water rights we have. Okay. Okay. Any other comments, questions? Okay, all those in favor of rejecting docket request 11D for the inclusion within the 2020 docket for the amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use, say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, no. motion I'm sorry, no. did you say no? Yeah. And, um, four or four yeses and one no. Okay, moving may, on. List, may I beg for a two minute bio break? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. Man. That's a recess. Can we recess. recess for like three or five minutes? I, I will welcome that because I do need to use the restroom. <laughs> How much time? So, um, Deputy Mayor Rebo, can you put on, what do you want, five minutes there, Councilmember Harris? A five-minute recess. Okay. Yeah, I'll put the timer on. And Mary, you're sharing your screen, I think. Or Jean, no, you're sharing your screen. That's Jean sharing her screen. Jean, you're sharing your screen. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Jean, we can, we can go until 1030 unless we choose to extend. Yeah. I don't know if Dustin can Sorry hear about that. He might be remembering, I was talking about um, grabbing water rights um, with annex properties in the last right. couple of years too. He might be thinking about that as well. Yeah, with people that have wells and stuff. Yeah, so we've been putting that in, we've been putting a non-objection clause into agreements and things that if we decide we wanna do it, they, they will cooperate. How much time do we have, Mary? Uh, I think we're right about there right now. Five minutes is left. Just double check to see if Councilmember Green's back. Mm, I, I still have a minute on my clock okay. that I set. I set it for five. That's. I'll give Councilmember Green a chance. Yeah. It's not like when we're in, this in person where we can just scoot away for a second. To <laughs> <laughs> Still right. get a part of it. Okay, everyone's back. We'll go ahead and go on to um, number 12. Um, go ahead, and we'll do it the same way. Is that all right? We'll do it how Councilmember Green, when we go to accept or reject, doing it 12AB, that type of thing again. Okay, go ahead, um, Councilmember um, Jean. Okay, so item number 12 is a um, docket request um, by a citizen of Livable Carnation that consists of several citizens. Not gonna go. The names are on the uh, on the screen there. But anyways, um, so this this consists of five items. Um, so A is um, a request to decrease the urban heat island effect to protect the environment and public health and safety. Um, and staff believes that we could actually take a look at this and um, and as as part of our uh, proposed uh, policies um, in the land use element, and staff does recommend um, that we accept uh, 12A. For hey, 12 member Harris. Yeah. Sorry, Jane. Yeah, sorry, Jane. Can you give me some examples of the types of policies that would be implemented if this? What what are the kinds of things that would be? Generally, the, a decrease of the urban heat island is ultimately aiming towards reducing the amount of paving and increasing the amount of landscaping or tree cover. Um, and so it could take a couple of different forms. Um, it, it could take, you know, more tree preservation um, policies, for example. It could take um, the form of maybe further limiting the amount of impervious area or how the impervious area needs to be designed. 
um, so that it reduces the heat island. It could also take the form of certain um, changes to the building design. For example, I have seen, you know, cool roofs or, or green roofs or stuff like that. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, go ahead, Jane. Okay, so item 12B, the request is to decrease nighttime light pollution uh, to mitigate nocturnal impacts to wildlife and, and human quality of life. Um, again, staff believes that this could be evaluated in conjunction with um, some of the policies um, in the land use element, and uh, we do recommend that council accept this item. Um, Deputy Mayor Rebo. Yeah, so I do have a question on this. So um, this came up at council, I don't know, three or four years ago um, with a request about light pollution, which I totally understand, but the request was um, partly, you know, that we take all the lights down at Hope Link and make that block black and, you know, get rid of all the lights. So, um, so I understand with the direction of where this is going and the intent of it, but I'd also like to see, so that's something that I, I do not want to see happen. Um, but I think on our future docket request, we should actually have a question on there that poses a question, something along the lines of how could this proposed change affect public safety? Because that was one of the main things with the light issue is we had people that say we wanted to, you know, not have any lights in downtown and other people say well, we have to have street lights we have to have this so i know that there's a happy medium between this but i also think public safety takes into account with some of the lighting things uh, i grew up in the um in the era of light a light to catch a thief so <laughs> that's part of it too so just keep that in consideration councilmember harris yeah kind of along those same lines as i was reading this one the thing that uh, that popped into my mind as i was reading this Again, I'm happy to have the planning board have a conversation about this, um, but the thing that was popping uh, into my head was the cost of implementation of a lot of these. Yeah, I, I'm with both Councilmember um, Harris and Deputy Mayor Rebo. My concern is like, I know with the sewer plant, the light is on 24 seven. So I guess I, I like to know where this is all going to. Are we, you know, is this just down for the downtown core? Is this down for um, personal residents on being told what time their lights have to be turned off outside? So I, I do have a question on um, light pollution. I mean, you know, I think there's, and again, what was spoken of regarding safety. So I like to just know how far we were planning on taking this. And I don't know if it's and, and personally, I mean, I'm sitting here just going, do I want to reject this or do I want to accept it just to go through the planning board, just to go through the motion? Uh, yeah, and I'll come to that conclusion when I get there. Um, Councilmember Green. Okay. Uh, we don't have a motion yet, so should we discuss it now or wait? No, I just, I'm just talking out loud. So I do have some thoughts on it, but we don't have a motion yet. Okay, go on to 12C. 12C, um, the request is to mitigate climate change impacts to protect our ecology, economy, and community. Um, and this seems like a very broad stroke type of request. Um, and staff thinks that this could be considered as part of uh, the proposed vision goals or policies in some of the uh, applicable elements in the comprehensive plan. Um, and so for this reason, staff recommends that council accept this item. Um, 
Moving on, 12D, the request is to incorporate net ecological gain into city planning in contrast to existing no net loss policy in order to offset the negative impacts of urbanization on local environment. Address climate change and net ecological gain policies in conformance with the state's policy changes. So in talking to um, the initiating party, um, Livable Carnation, Brian Bodenbach, actually, and, and Jules Hughes, um, I I was um, I've been informed that the state is currently um, in the process of trying to define what net ecological gain is, um, and so there's a lot of uh, elements that are still kind of up in the air, um, and for this reason, uh, staff believes that if we do proceed with this item. Um, it's going to take some pretty, pretty significant staff time and technical expertise, uh, including consultant assistance, to try to figure out what this means and how to implement it. Um, and for this reason, um, staff does recommend that council not accept this item. Okay, thank you. Moving on. Uh, last item, 12E, is the request is to acknowledge and increase awareness of Snoqualmie tribal history and culture to reflect the rich significance of this area, include Snoqualmie tribe perspectives and planning policies. Um, so the city currently does work with the Snoqualmie tribes. We do, we do refer information and projects to them for their review, um, and we do consult with them as well. And so for these reasons, um, and, and for both environmental impacts as well as impacts to uh, cultural resources. And so for these reasons, um, we think that this could be included into the comprehensive plans, uh, proposed goals and policies, um, and staff does recommend that council accept this uh, for the 2022 docket. This is the end of 12C. Okay, so I'll go ahead and go ahead and go through our motions for 12, um, 12A through E. One at a time. So, who would like to make the motion for 12A? Sure, I'll I'll make the motion. Uh, I move to accept docket request number 12A for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Do I have a second? No second. Any discussion? Any further questions? Comments? Okay, um, Councilmember Harris. I just, I again, I'm happy to have the planning board have a conversation about this. The thing that I come back to is just cost of implementation. Mm -hmm. You know, what does this actually translate into from policy perspective? How much more red tape does it add to construction costs and things like that? Councilmember Green. Yeah, I definitely agree, um, and that that. Conversation will definitely happen, you know, later on when the council is evaluating the proposals or the recommendations. So I think this is worthy of a study. I think the planning board should take a look at it. And that's kind of what we're asking them to do is kind of do take do the deep dive on this, figure out the issues. What is that like you're saying? You know, what does it look like? What what is, how do, what are the impacts um, economically? Um, that definitely should be something that we consider as part of our decision-making process. Um, but I think, you know, I, I support the planning board taking a look. 
Jean, do you have any answers for Councilmember Harris regarding cost or? Um, no, because at this time we don't have specific measures on how to implement it. Certainly cost um, and the amount of resources that it would take to implement and enforce it is part of the consideration as we put forth uh, new um, policies and code, um, more so code probably. Um, you know, so once that the policy then trickles down into into land use code, then we start looking at, all right, are we going to be able to actually enforce this? And if not, why are we included in including it in our code? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Any other comments or questions? No, I agree with everything the council's saying. I just I would uh, want planning board to take a hard look at this. I mean, I looked at all the heat maps and everything that was provided in the documentation, and there's there's a lot of other reasons for those heat maps to look like that other than just asphalt. Um, so I would take a deep dive and more of a scientific approach on it. So but I, I, I think it's a great thing that planning board should look at. Okay. okay, so all those in favor of the docket request number 12A for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code say aye. 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 Oppose? Motion passes. Okay, on to 12B, who would like to make the motion? I'll make a motion to accept docket request number 12B uh, for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Connection Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. I'll second okay. it. Okay, any discussion, comments, questions? All the same comments and concerns that I had for the last one. Yeah. Okay, that's so, yeah, yeah, same with me. And I really do think that we do need to add a question to our docket request about public safety on a lot of the uh, a lot of the questions that are there. Um, and I understand the the hood systems and stuff like that and night sky and, and I get it. But um, again, I think planning board really needs to take a look at where this is going. So. Um, Councilman Green. Yeah, just the night sky initiatives basically is to reduce um, stray photons, you know, make it less light. So dimming lights, uh, shielding lights. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't want the town to be blacked out <laughs> either, um, but I do appreciate dark skies. Um, I am kind of a space nerd, so definitely uh, appreciate the night sky. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the planning board can take a look at this and and bring us back recommendations. Okay, any other? Okay, I'll move again to the vote. All those in favor of docket request number 12B for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Codes, say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Okay, on to 12C. Who would like to make the motion? Sure. Um, I move to accept docket request number 12C for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments into the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Do I have a second? We need a second. So we can talk about it. Second. Okay. Hey, any further questions, comments? Councilmember Harris. This one is just so broad as to be meaningless. Yeah. Specify? Well, that's the problem. It doesn't specify anything. 
um, council our deputy mayor Rebel. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with it. It's it's pretty broad in scope. Um, I I don't even know how we send planning board to look at it. Yeah, because it's that broad in scope. So, um, I I understand the I understand the the thought process behind it, but um, it, it's just too it's too nebulous. So. Yeah. And one of the things I don't want to do is just waste our planning board's time right. just looking into things. So I tend to agree. Any other questions, comments? Otherwise, we'll take it to a vote. All those in favor of docket request 11C to or is it 11C or 12C? Oh, sorry, 12C, 12C. Um, we're on 12C for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Nay. There. Nay. Nay. Um, motion fails. So it's not included. Okay, 12D. I'd like to make the motion. I'll do it. I move to reject docket request number 12D for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Got a second? Is that you, Councilmember Harris? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, any further discussion, questions, comments? Council, I think Councilmember um, Green had his hand up first. He did. Okay. Oh, okay, I beat you to it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, um, so this one is kind of interesting. Um, it sounds like it's like we're on the cutting edge almost is, is the impression I'm getting. It's almost like we're ahead of the, the state policy. Uh, I kind of like that actually. Um, I, I think we should take a look at this. Um, I, I won't be I won't be voting to reject it. Um, to me, it's almost on the same vein as you know, like our we've kind of prided ourselves with our our stormwater infiltration, you know, that we're infiltrating on site, and <clears throat> that's kind of been a point of pride for us that we we're kind of ahead of the curve. Um, same thing with like our sewer system, we're ahead of the curve for water quality. To me, this is a chance for us to take a look. Have the planning board tell us, you know, again, we're kind of we're kind of tasking them to do the research for us, and maybe it does put us ahead of the curve a little bit. But then we'd understand the issue, and and we could see what the recommendations are. Um, um, Deputy Mayor Rebel, you're next. Yeah, no, I I understand what Katzmuller Green's saying. Um, I like being on I like being on the cutting edge of stuff. I don't like being on the bleeding edge of stuff. And this is kind of the bleeding edge where we're trying to define something that the state hasn't even it sounds like the state has thrown out a buzzword and is trying to define it. And so I think for us to have our planning board with everything that they have to put to do, um, I think it's too soon. I think maybe next year or the year after, once there's a state definition, we could um, you know, have planning board look at that definition and how it incorporates into Carnation. But um, I just think it's again kind of nebulous and too soon and it just seems like it's um they need some time to uh to think it through that's where i'm at with it councilmember hawkins thanks i went to a meeting about this actually because what's going on right now is these broad la the broad language is not sustainable for small businesses here's an example right now the state is having an internal fight about electricity it is way better to have electric ovens and 
electric wire heaters, then gas water heaters and gas stoves. However, for a small business to revamp everything and make electric, it's about 30000 sometimes $50,000. So right now, I will not vote on anything with this wide term that could take away any kind of jobs or our own Nextapa or our own um, pizza places. I'm not going to be voting on this because it's too broad. I, where I am for new places to have electric, you know, get, or electric stoves, I'm not for voting on something that could potentially make people refit their existing businesses and homes. It's um, not appropriate. Um, Council Member Harris. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same same boat. Um, you know, I think while I appreciate, you know, being on on the cutting edge, I, I also echo uh, W. Mayor Rebel's, you know, uh, idea that uh, we don't want to be so far out on the cutting edge that we then end up having to undo things that we've done because we did them differently from the way that the state did it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm 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 not opposed in concept to this idea, but I just think it's too early. Councilmember Green. Um, I can appreciate people's concerns about being on the cutting edge. Um, but you know, one of the pros of, of being in that position is then the state would come to us as a, as for advice. I mean, that would be like, we'd be an example that we'd be pointed to. Councilmember Harris. Uh, one other point on being the being on the cutting edge. The first time anyone does anything, it's the most expensive. So that's another concern that I have. It's just, you know, there's a lot of new technology and a lot of new ideas that are out there that, you know, are extremely expensive right now that five years from now, probably won't be. Councilmember Green. Uh, you're on, you're on me. Um, so again, we're not deciding to do it. We're deciding to think about it. Um, I just want to make a comment. I am going with the staff recommendations that not to accept this because of the time, exactly what Jean said, the time that it would take staff to be looking into this. I just don't think we have, I think we have a great docket and I think they're gonna be busy and we've got a lot of things, especially with this comprehensive plan that's gonna be coming out, that needs to be coming out. They're busy already and to make this one more thing and then the money issue that comes with it. So I'm really going by the recommendation of the staff. Are there any other comments before we go to the vote? Hearing none, all those to reject docket request number 12D for the inclusion within the 2020 docket, 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Coast, say aye. 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 Those opposed? No. Okay. Motion passes. Okay, on to 11E. Do I have a motion? Sure. Or sorry, 12E. Sorry, sure. <laughs> I'm going backwards instead of forward. That's all right. I move to accept docket number request 12E for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Second. 
Second. Okay. Um, any further discussion, comments? Yeah. Council member or Deputy Mayor Rebel? Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think we have a great rela working relationship with the tribe. And so I just like to see that continue. I know with our Main Street project, uh, there was a lot of input um, that uh, we looked at. We looked for them to give us and they gave it to us. And uh, so, yeah, no, I think this is a great, a great addition. I think it's nice to spell it out just so people are aware that are still hanging on to our meeting. I do meet with the tribe once a month. I meet with our, um, Suzanne and Jolene every month. Um, we get together and we talk about both the tribe as well as the city of Carnation. So we do have a great partnership with the tribe. Um, Council Member Harris. Yeah, I was just going to point out, you know, just uh, last month, I think it was when we passed a resolution talking about, you know, honoring or going beyond acknowledgement of, of uh, land use. I think what better way for us to put our, you know, put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, than to actually build, um, you know, the uh, acknowledgement and awareness of the of the culture into our comprehensive plan. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none. Um, all those in favor of docket request number 12E for the inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code say aye. 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 Anyone aye. opposed? Motion passes. Okay, we're on to 13, yay. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> um, last item, 13, is a amendment to the land use code. Now, this is proposed because um, we actually need to amend it in order to address some of the, it's a housekeeping item, but we also need to amend it in order to maintain a current class seven community rating um, so that our community would be eligible for a discount on flood insurance. Um, this is the last year that we, well, this, yeah, we do, we are coming up against the deadline for this uh, for this amendment, and so staff does recommend that council accept this item. Okay, do I have a motion? Sure, I will move to accept docket request number 13 for inclusion within the 2022 docket for amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code. Hey, do I have a second? second. Okay. I'll second. Any comments, questions? Jean? Hearing none or saying no hands up. All those in favor of docket request number 13 for the inclusion within the 2022 docket for the amendments to the Carnation Comprehensive Plan and Land Use Code say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Um, we are now on to our discussion item. And I'm going to ask the council, um, because we've asked Bill to stay on a little bit longer because we wanted to move something to other. I'd like to be able to get him on to answer any of our questions or comments. So since he gets up so early in the morning, I want to be respectful of his time since it is so late. So if everyone's OK with that, then yeah. we can move that up. OK, yeah. thank you. So, Bill, are you still with us? <laughs> are you still awake? Yes, <laughs> I'm there. Okay, so I think the council wanted to talk more about, you know, the replacements and the needs that you have um, for the pumping station and all of that. So I don't know. I'd like to just open it up. I know it was um, brought up by Deputy Mayor Rebel, so I'll have you start it off, but, um, Jim. Yeah, so I guess I'm just um, 
I know that this has been brought up before um, with council like months and months ago about the replacement um, diaphragms that we need to start doing. And I guess we're talking about doing A, but it sounds like we need to start doing all of those lines. And so I don't know if you have an estimate about what kind of a time you think that would take to get all of our lines replaced. Um, I don't know if you have that or not, Bill, but that, 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 that'd be my first question. Can I jump in real quick, Bill? Sure. I did I did get an email from Kelly, um, our city treasurer, and she says we do have the money for Bill to do what is needed. However, please be mindful of the these big failures, repairs when you head into the next sewer rate study and the aspect of the rate for the capital replace, replacement comes up. It has been statistic for over five years now at a three point one or three 0.10 month per single family residency. This will need to be increased with all that Bill has shared with us tonight. So I just want to let you know that Kelly does have this in the budget and what the needs are for Bill. So right. a point of clarification, council members, uh, the intent behind that report was not to indicate that there is an issue with funding levels or that there is a need for immediate hirings. We have a budget process. That's when those discussions take place. The purpose was to simply indicate that um, when we have these types of demands, it does have an impact on our ability to sustain the normal, quote unquote, the normal level of service. And so I guess if we do have an ask for you today, it really is an ask of, of understanding, um, of flexibility that given the um, staffing patterns that we have, the staffing levels that we have with some of the challenges that we encounter, that obviously some things are going to fall between the cracks. Um, and that is not to say that, of course, we are not, that we're just going to accept that. Obviously, we need to figure out ways for staffing so that the impact on our routine type of work is minimized. Um, so that was the intent behind that uh, report. Uh, I feel that it, it I want to be very respectful as to how these conversations take place, and it is during the budget process. Um, we are not requesting for additional funds. As Kelly indicated, we have that, um, and we have the staffing patterns that we have, and we have some challenges related to L&I claims that we need to address uh, and would be inappropriate to discuss in an open forum. But that was the intent, so just, just to clarify. Sure. Thank no, you. I, yeah, sure. No, I absolutely um. Uh, no, I, I hear you. I, I respect that. I just, um, I mean, we have a highly complicated water and sewer system and we only have, you know, a couple in the country. So I think if the, we need to take some time and attention and additional staffing or ideas to get this fixed sooner rather than later, I think it would be prudent for us to do that. So um, these diaphragms have been deteriorating. So if it's going to take us I guess a few months to do this, and and I don't know, Bill. Maybe you can answer that. It was what, what did you say? Three weeks to do line A. Was that right? Correct. So to do the whole system, you're probably looking at just off the top of my head, probably about six months to do the whole system of two guys. Two guys for six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, with everything coming up. Because I know summer times are, you know, spring through falls are most active time in public works with everything that goes on. And it's actually workable conditions for public works. Um, 
I I think we need to look at staffing and I think we need to look at um, how to prioritize this because this is um, a key public service. This is one of the, the boring things of city government that is one of the most crucial. So that's where I'm at it. I'll let everybody else talk. Um, Councilmember Harris, I think your hand was up first. Yes. Um, yeah, so a couple of things. One, do we have a list from AirVac of all of the consumables like these diaphragms and what their expected service life um, is and where we are within the expected service life of all of those things? Um, it sounds like we're way past, you know, what their recommendation was for replacement on these. And I just want to know if there are any other parts of the system that are like that. Um, and then the other question um, is, does the vendor that sold us this system have any kind of um, service available that we could hire them for to help us with the replacement, um, you know, knowing that they have the technical expertise, um, you know, as a as a as the vendor of the product to be able to make uh, field repairs? The first part of your question is yes, we are putting together that, and I am getting that information from AirVac, putting right. together more of a a better maintenance plan for us. <clears throat> the second part is no, they're they are engineers. Um, they don't come out and do the field work. They expect us to do that. Okay. Okay, Councilmember Green. Let's see. Yeah, so another aspect is being kind of strategic. There are maintenance plans. Um, to me, it seems a little risky to, well, unfortunately, we've kind of passed the service life. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we should replace them all every five years. You know, I think a better approach to mitigate risk and cost is to do a staggered maintenance schedule. If we have five main lines and it's a five-year service life, you do one line a year. And so now it's just a steady drumbeat. You know, you're going to do one line a year, um, so you're not putting your whole system at, with the same service life ending at the same time. That also spreads the cost out. So you're not, you know, it's not this big cost every five years. You just, it's a little nibble every every year. True. Um, Councilmember Harris. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with what uh, Councilmember Green uh, raised. I think the um, there's a pretty significant difference between the A-line and, and the rest of the lines in terms of the number of homes that it serves. But, you know, but that doesn't mean that we necessarily have to go by line. We could divide the city into quadrants and then just do it that way. Um, but, yeah, getting onto a staggered service schedule like what we've done with the vacuum pumps makes a ton of sense. And Deputy Mayor Repo. Yeah, I think it was, I was just going to echo what Councilmember Harris said and Councilmember Green. So, um, but I think that um, when you're hitting 12 years of service life, um, I mean, everything could come apart pretty quick. Right. So, I think A line is our is our most important line, and then, um, but we need to start strategically doing that. But then after that, you know, we might have to, uh, you know, replace some stuff a little bit before schedule. I I don't know, but get on a maintenance schedule just like we did with the pumps. So yeah. we're on we're on a pretty good rotation with the pumps right now. We just need to get on it with the rest of it. Yeah, I just, for me, I just feel for the guys and for you, Bill, for all the hours that you put in. So I, I know 
whatever you feel is best will be the best thing and then getting on a rotation schedule will be the best way to do this yeah. absolutely so, um deputy mayor Rebo. yeah and i guess you know one last thing that I'm, I'm worried about is you know if we have two guys out here replacing this it's you start getting into crew burnout and uh, i mean these guys need vacation they need family time um they need to be able to have you know a semi-normal life and you know having a whole crew come in on call and uh, over the weekend is it's going to happen but it should happen less frequently so i i worry about where we're at right now with um with staffing levels so i'll just put that out there i know i was going to say i can take over liz's job for a day but i don't think i could take over any of the public works guys so unfortunately i cannot <laughs> volunteer to be one of those people out there bill helping you I, I think i'd probably do a worse job than you <laughs> want <laughs> But now I hear it is, and it's been a lot of stress on these guys between this and the weather, um, putting in a lot of overtime is, I'm sure they, they're looking for a vacation or a break in something, right? Nothing Correct. broken, not, no pun intended, I'm breaking anything in the city. <laughs> but yeah, I think this gives us you clarity hopefully bill and um again thanks your you know thank public works for everything that they've been doing i know it's been it probably seems like it's been non-stop since what christmas if not before Pretty much yep <laughs> yeah yeah they, they've done a great job no they have they have and we really appreciate all their time so thank you for hanging on tonight too appreciate it you're welcome okay Okay, we do have one more agenda bill, um, and we've got four minutes left. I do want to get through this agenda bill, uh, but I want to be cautious. Do you think we can get the four minutes done for the agenda bill, or do you want to go well, ahead? Well, I think could. I'm worried. I think um, it's more important that you have an opportunity to ask Jean any questions you might have about the Land Use Code Amendments, because you have oh, a sorry. public hearing on your next meeting. Oh. Um, how about we just extend 15 minutes? 15 minutes to 10:45. Uh, I'm seeing a I'm seeing a, a shake. Can we just move it to the next? Can we move it? The, the hearing or the well the uh, the salary commission? Yes, we can move that. No problem. Uh, the land use code amendments from the 2021 docket. I don't know if Jean sent that notice to the paper yet. Jean? <laughs> I have not. Okay. No. So, yeah. We can move. I would say let's move, let's skip yeah. the agenda bill, I move the agenda bill and go to the comprehensive plan. So, push it all out. My apologies. I have to wake up at 4:45 tomorrow morning, and I am barely holding on here. So I can just excuse myself, and you guys can keep going. But I'm, I'm done. Well, I think. <laughs> I go think ahead and land excuse yourself, so. Darren. We'll finish talking about this. Yeah. You guys, good work tonight. Good work tonight. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, I think the land use code's a big thing, so yes. I think that that needs to be pushed out if we can push it. Okay. Okay. So. You can do that with the rest of the agenda, with the agenda bill and the discussion item. Do you want to pick up the agenda bill now, or? That's up to you guys. Let's go and do the agenda bill. Okay, so is the 10:45 a good time? Yes. Okay. Is everyone okay with 10:45? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start with the agenda bill 22-10. This is appointing members to the salary commission. Um, this was something that we all have discussed as a council and look, having a group look into increasing um, council salaries. 
and this is a commission. The commission will consist of five people. They must be residents within the city limits. The city advised the applicants um, at the end of November and four applicants were received by the date due, which was January 7th. They are Glenn Urich, Becky Nixon, Carl Boyd, and Mike Flowers. The salary commission terms are typically for two years, but the initial appointment requires staggering terms. Therefore, three positions have two-year terms, two positions have an initial one-year term. The four applicants need to be assigned to positions and terms when they are appointed to the commission. The recommended action below suggests the appointment of three of the applicants to two, and um, but as an alternate council could choose to appoint two applicants for two and two applicants for um, one-year terms. Um, council Member Green. Oops, you're on mute. You're on mute. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I thought this is going to be a singular event. Like you're going to have this commission, they're going to make a recommendation, and then they'd be done. They disband. I don't. I didn't think this was going to be a in perpetuity. This is in, this is a permanent commission that'll uh, set the salaries for the elected officials. Mary did state that at one of our meetings that it was uh, a two-year commitment, or for some people a one-year. Right, I thought that was the end. <laughs> no. This is going to go forever, so how, I don't think we used to do that. I mean, they don't have to meet. It will be on our books forever as, as to whether or not the commission is active, activated each and every year, every quarter is a, is a different matter. Councilmember Harris. So, our, so we're essentially we're creating a new standing committee that goes into the council rule book um, that we're making sure that as someone's got well, no, because council it doesn't have a liaison to it. Right? Well, this is actually this is about as detached from council as you can get because they're advising get, on right. your pay. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't understand that it was an in perpetuity thing either, but I mean, it it sounds like our choices are do that or vote on our own salary, which we can. <laughs> You know, I think the benefit to having a commission, I mean, as, I'm sorry, go ahead, Deputy Mayor Rebo. No, that's okay. Just the recording stopped. Is it back up again, Mary? Well, mine still says it's going, and I tried to okay. look at it, and when I go there, it's asking me if I want to stop the recording. It says for me that it's recording, so. Okay, I just want to make sure. Mayor Lisk, sorry. No, no, that's okay. I was just going to say what I think is um, nice about having commission, because I don't think, you know, I would think in the beginning, because of what they're doing at this point, is they'll meet more regularly, whatever that regularly means for that commission. But I do think what's nice about having a commission, even if they meet after this just once a year, is I think it's nice to know, have a, have a, a commission that actually knows what their council is doing, because I do think things change with the people that serve on your council. Right. So I think if there is a commission out there that's keeping abreast of what your council is doing because we can come in and they can go okay these are all the things that they're doing they're going over and beyond blah 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 this is what they you know we think they deserve two years from now they can come back out hey this council isn't doing much of anything they're just showing up twice a month you know they're not really going to svga meet or whatever you know they can those that gives them that opportunity to reevaluate what it is that the council is doing and i think it's nice for a, a group to be sort of keeping an eye on the council i guess is a 
as a way of, you know, keeping people on task. But that's mm -hmm. my feeling about the commission as a whole. Um, Council Member Green. Yeah, I, I do like that accountability and, and I guess visibility. Um, but procedurally, just a question. So we're setting up this permanent thing. Five years from now, the, the council at the, in five years decides they want to get rid of it. How do they get rid of it? I'd pass another ordinance. Probably it would fix your, I would imagine your salary would be set at whatever it was in that moment in time. And then uh, that would go into the code. And, and okay. you know, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this can always be undone. Okay, so do we want to make a, a motion and put people's name in? <laughs> we get yeah. to pick if they're a two-year term people or a one-year term. So, can Mary, can they reshuffle this? If we just make a motion to plug names in, can they reshuffle it later? Or are we locking them in? You're locking them in. It's it's you're, you're supposed to identify the term. So, okay. do we have any kind of information from? the volunteers, whether or not they're okay with a two versus a four. No, it's two versus, no, four, two two, versus two three, versus sorry. One. No, I don't have any indication of preference. They're aware, I mean, the advertisement said it would be one or the other. I see. But I don't have any indication. Presumably, they've committed to two years. Yeah. I think okay. I would agree with that. And they can resign if they want to resign. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, sorry, they have to, they're yeah, stuck. Exactly. <laughs> Locked in, come on. Final answer. Yeah, so I I just, I'm just going to motion them and put it in order and then let okay. it sort it out. Don't you think? I, I uh, think that's a fine yeah. idea. So I move to appoint Glenn Elric, Becky Nixon, and Carl Boyd to salary commissions positions one, three, and five with terms expiring in December 2023, and Mike Flowers to position two with terms expiring in December 2022. Do a second. Second. Any further discussions? <laughs> Anybody get a text right now going, please put me in the um, and we've talked about this before. This is just about breaking even barely. Um, and we'll let the we'll let the commission decide that and what's going on. So um, but yeah, it's just um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I think that's a great way to leave it. Yeah. Any other discussion? OK, all those in favor of appointing Glenn Ehrlich, Becky Nixon, Carl Boyd, to salary commission positions one, three, and five with terms expiring in December of 2023, and Mike Flowers in position two with a term expiring in 2022. All those in favor say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Okay, motion passes. Congratulations to these four wonderful people for stepping up. We have like, what, nine minutes? Did you want to try to get to this? conversation here or do you want to just are we just postponing to february 1st i Jane? i'd postpone i have a lot of questions okay we'll postpone we'll go, that we'll go to other okay let's go under other one thing i want to just stay at the top because i know we still have a few people on coffee with council on saturday with council member harris and hawkins nine to ten virtually 
Um, it will not be at Sandy's, it will be virtual. So please hit our website to get that virtual link. Um, other than that, we have um, Councilmember Hawkins brought up the invite for WASDOT crosswalk. And then I think Harris, she's talked about bridge told or what, you know, so. Through levy, that whole thing, yeah. Okay. So in other words, we want to bring WASDOT in for a, to meet with us. So hopefully we can get them in sometime next month or March or whenever they're available. For construction season, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, Councilmember Hawkins also brought up meeting dates with the vision committee. I'm assuming she's talking about since we got an email today, um, why Saturday is the date of the committee meeting. That was decided by by the committee on the 8th. One of the process was is we need staff and as our staff member and currently weeknights are just not available. So everyone agreed to being Saturdays from 10 to 12. And I'm sure if the committee feels that they need to change those times or those days, I'm sure they will. But right now it's the committee has chosen to do Saturdays. And they will be meeting this Saturday. And then I think Councilmember Green, you wanted to talk about the street furnishings. Yeah, just um, I mean, they're they are beautiful. I've been enjoying walking down Main Street and seeing you know what's been installed. The art the artistry is pretty nice, you know, with the laser cut. Um, there has been some comments about um, placement and direction, and I just was thinking about how, you know how we evaluate this. Well, I don't. They kind of escape me in the design documents, you know, which way things are going to go. Um, but it seems like a pretty simple test. We have a big event, 4th of July. We have a parade that goes down Main Street. So sit in the bench and how's the viewing of the parade? That should be our test. Is <laughs> there good viewing of the parade from that bench? If it's not, then let's change it. If, it's, if it is good viewing, we're done. I think I think there's a little bit more to just the viewing because there's one bench that face or one or two benches that face their back to the road. Um, but I think it's also not great viewing. <laughs> they might be having their kids standing on them, um, which is fine. I do think I know that um, our city manager, Anna, and our council member Harris did go out with Jordan, our with KPG and talked about some of this and there is a little bit of a test, but I think some of it is also the concern of even opening car doors, you know, when you're pulling up. So there might need to be some changes to where the positions are, but I, I, Anna, you can correct me. I don't think anything's going to be done removed immediately until. I've, I've seen a few, a few benches that have moved actually. Okay. Yes. So for example, the infamous Carnation Cafe bench, the one that was right on the edge of life <laughs> has been removed <laughs> um so that's just to give an example so you know jordan definitely moved faster than uh, than we thought he would oh wow that's great yeah because i thought he was gonna hold up a little bit yeah. yeah i think the carnation cafe one was because it was a safety issue he was kind of like just tell me i can do it yeah but I'm with you, Councilmember Green. I don't think I wasn't thinking about positioning either when we went through this whole design on where these were going to be 
place there you know, there's so much coming at us not to make excuses but until they're there but like i, like I said even at the last meeting yeah, it's like moving furniture around. Thank goodness, for the most part, it's easy to unscrew it, move it to another location, and you know, keep obviously safety is our first and utmost importance. Um, um, Deputy Mayor Rebel. Yeah, and, and also I just want to make clear. I mean, this wasn't just a council decision where we decided to put benches and stuff like that. I mean, we hired engineers to tell us where this goes. We had community input from, you know, LAF to help us, you know, decide things. So this wasn't just a council decision on where we took a lot of input from professional consultants and people like that. So um, the bench placement is not our fault. <laughs> one of, one of those classic out. things is like when you see it in real life, you, right. you change what you think about it. So that's right. just a, a, yeah. a reality. Um, one caveat that uh, Jordan did share with us was uh, right now, you, you know, just the visual effect is your eyes go straight to the benches. But when the project is over, there will be landscaping. And so there'll be there are other items in to your for your brain and your eyes to focus on. So his advice to us was let's wait until the vegetation is in place, the landscaping is in place, and then go from there. Let's evaluate that um, the the locations and the configurations once the project is complete versus right now. Yep. Yes. So okay. I think we're all on the same page with that. And just um, coming up um, on Wednesday, next Wednesday is SVGA. We're hosting um, and get your dinners. They'll get it out. I'm with you, Jim. I'll be on an airplane flying back into SeaTac. <laughs> so I'll be missing the SVGA meeting. Okay. <laughs> um, Councilmember Harris. Just a quick question on the SVGA meeting. I'm assuming that um, our new King County Council member has a standing invite there. Yes. Yeah. And all the new and all the new senators and representatives. Right. Yep. Awesome. All invited. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, and from, also next Tuesday. Pardon? Yes. Okay. From both districts. Thank you. Yes. yes. Um, next Tuesday, we have the planning board meeting. So the new members get to have their first meeting. Plus, there's the safety emergency meeting on the 25th as well, earlier that evening. And then, of course, the rest of the and then just to remind the public um, that on Saturday, the 22nd, besides Coffee with Council, come to Coffee with Council at 9 to 10 and then switch right over and enjoy the meeting with the community forum. Yep. <laughs> so other than that, then our our lives are right there. I think the big thing is make sure everyone sets the date for Saturday, the 26th. That is the council retreat. Um, AWC, all those that wanted to sign up for the 27th, they're signed up. I think Mary got everybody out there. If you haven't and you want to be on it, please let Mary know because that's next Thursday. And it looks like, thank you, Mary, for signing me up because I will be able to attend. So. Um, yeah. Only Councilmember Hawkins was not able to attend. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Anything else for the good of the order? We can shut down at 10.44, one wow. minute shy of our extension. Thank you, everyone, for hanging <laughs> in you. there. For me, it's 12.40 or 11.44. Just yeah, right. <laughs> so good night. Thank Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.